hearing this, it is because you have decided to tune into a very special Halloween edition of the Bad Sons Podcast. As a warning, we must insist those in need of a steady hand to tune in elsewhere. Because this episode may just leave you trembling with terror. So for the adventurous few that wish to go on, we ask that you sit back, open your mind, get comfortable, turn down the lights, perhaps, and prepare for the next two hours of true and unsettling stories. We are the Bad Sons. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Bad Sun broadcast. Yes, I said Bad Sun because once again, I am joined by our special guest, Mitch Oliver, uh, also known as Uncool Mitch, which I have to say, I have to disagree with that. You're, you're a pretty cool guy. Yeah, thanks, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened was, uh, if you guys remember Mitch, we recorded a... I guess it was kind of, it was supposed to be a Halloween themed, but it ended up being like a horror movie themed one. Ended up catching up on the movies over the past two years. <laughs> basically. <laughs> uh, and we ended up um, basically talking about the same thing for so long that we kind of ran out of time. You know, time flies when you get together with old friends. So uh, Mitch messaged me asking if I wanted to do another one. And, and of course I said yes. So hopefully you guys are listening to this terrifying, terrifying episode on Hallow's Eve. Um, yeah, thanks for joining me again, Mitch. Yeah, um, no problem, man. Enjoy it. I'm happy to be back. So uh, any plans for Halloween this year? Yeah, uh, just going to a buddy's house here and set up beer pong tables and play games and pool and shit. It's going to be fun. That's always fun. I remember, actually, you know what? The last time, I think the last time we actually hung out was Halloween. When was that? Three years ago. But which Halloween? Uh, you and Morgan had moved into your new place, and you invited people. Oh, was yeah. it? Yeah, it was new, because we plugged, were you there for when the toilet plug? No, that was yeah. before, I swear. Oh, yeah, you left early. Yeah. I swear I came for Halloween one day, though, or one yeah, year. Not, well, not there, because we were only in that place for like two months, the toilet, like, the toilet was so fucked up. It was like, yeah, we had a New Year's party, and then I think, because you'd left before midnight, and it was like 12.15, our toilet plugged, and oh, we had to evacuate the whole place. It was that night? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I guess did. I kind of dodged, or either way, is it? it's either I dodged a bullet, or I was seen as the culprit. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we know who did it. Oh, god Yeah. <laughs> If you want, I can beep that name. Up. No, I would say that I would say that it was like I would say that he might have taken a big poop, but the, we had problems. That's why the entire time that we were there, so it was bad. Like, we, man, whenever we flush the toilet, we'd flush the toilet and water would splash up like every single time. Like, probably three feet in the air. This is like the best topic ever for like a, duvet. a horror podcast. That's like the most terrifying thing you can think of. Is like poops, <laughs> backed up sewage. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, uh, 
I was actually wondering, uh, do you have any plans for a costume already this year? Yeah, yeah. Um, this year it was we Morgan and I are gonna go as Chucky and Bride of Chucky. Really? <laughs> yeah. I ordered the jumpsuit, which like I was totally down to do it as soon as she recommended it because uh, when I was in grade three, my my mom dressed me up as Chucky because oh, I was like I was talking about I was obsessed with Chucky and. She had a big problem with it, but then she eventually just saw that I was passionate about something. So she <laughs> she was a hairdresser, and she like completely did me up. She got the the overalls, the shirt, and then she like sprayed my hair orange. And I went to school, and yeah, I was in grade three, and I got sent home. <laughs> <laughs> You're too scary for the other kids. No, I had a meat cleaver in my backpack. Oh shit! Yeah, a real kitchen one. A real one. Yeah, my mom told me that yeah. as long as they said as long as I didn't bring what like is like as long as there wasn't weapons, but. I just carried head in my backpack. It wasn't even a big deal. <laughs> um, wow. I, I really, like, I kind of hope my girlfriend listens to this, but I also kind of hope she listens to it after Halloween because she's been wanting me to do a badass costume with her for a long time. What's that? And I'm, I'm terrible with costumes, but she she wanted me to do <laughs> Chucky with her. Oh, really? But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've been kind of putting it off, but... Yeah. <clears throat> it's pretty funny because, like, we... Uh... I don't know, I've seen it online all the time, like, people doing Chucky and Bride of Chucky, so I was like, I didn't want to do one that, like, everyone would do. Oh, yeah. I was like, no one's going to do it where we're going or whatever, but do you know, like, Justin Bruce? Yeah. Okay, yeah, like, we invited him out and didn't, we found out, like, through the grapevine that, uh, him and his girlfriend are also going as Chucky and Bride of Chucky. <laughs> oh, no. So, but I already spent, like, 70 bucks on the jumpsuit, so. Not much you can yeah. do. And I came up with a different, like, I've been trying to think of something to go with, because I got, I got hipster glasses. I don't know if you can hear them through the mics, but, um, <laughs> yeah, and I was trying, like, I don't, I'm getting laser eye surgery in a month, so I don't want to get contacts to oh, yeah. waste money on it, but, so I was trying to think of something I could go as with glasses, and I didn't think of something until after I'd gotten the $70 Chucky costume. Like Clark Kent, Peter Parker. No, Colonel Sanders. Oh man! Yeah, yeah that would have been a good. Sprayed one. my goatee white and sprayed the. Did hair you listen white. to our uh, our conspiracy episode? I listened to all of your podcasts, Kenny. That is amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, do you remember us talking about uh, Colonel Sanders uh, putting something in the chicken to? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's pretty horrific. Yeah. Um, that's a callback. So go back and listen to that episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really like, uh, I've liked all of your guys' episodes so far, but the one that I really liked is the music one. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I fucking loved, uh, your guest's band. Like Justin? The basement paintings or whatever. Yeah, they're, they're a local band. They're really good. They're uh, sick as hell. He puts on a music festival every year in Kindersley, too, called, uh, Grilled Cheese of Palooza. Oh, really? And they basically just make, like, an abundant amount of, like, grilled cheeses. That's, like, their gimmick. That's but they're, awesome. like, the best grilled cheese sandwiches you'll ever have. Yeah. Can, I, I want to do one thing before we go on. I'm going to promise I'm not going to stay off topic like I did last time. Yeah. Um, but do you remember when we were talking about me coming on, there was, like, the one rule that I had? No. About coming on? It's like, there's one thing, if you say this, I, I walk. I don't remember. Said, so don't talk shit about the Beatles to me. Oh right, Connor. <laughs> did I did I talk shit about the Beatles? No, you didn't really. And like, I, like I don't even, I don't know, Connor. I hope to, I hope to, <laughs> I hope to come back at some point. You, on a th time. That's the thing is, I think he purposely he purposely did that as a joke. Oh like. yeah, because yeah, like, that's, that's the way to get people heated. But like, that's like you know, the best part about podcasts is when you're listening to them, and like, well, it's, I guess the worst part is like you want to get in on the conversation, and like and you, you disagree can't. or you agree, and you can't. I'm just like. Like today when uh, you were talking about casting, and like you're like it's a shame we lost some, but uh, I was like don't say Paul Walker, don't say Paul Walker, don't say, and like I I, I don't I, I don't mind Paul Walker, but it's just like uh, 
like running scared is for sure my favorite one yeah. of his. But I like uh like that's what and then you said it and I was like, Yeah, that's actually he'd be a pretty good ghost rider. I think he'd be a great like Johnny yeah. Blaze character. Yeah, I think fucking the one is Ryan Gosling can do any of them. Like, I, I'm a big Ryan Gosling. I would really like to see him as Aquaman though. Yeah, I think he'd be I'm really kinda down for Jason Momoa and I know you're not, but like I think it's just because I already think that Aquaman's kind of a lame character. Yeah. But, but I think that it's going to be one of those ones that's going to surprise us. They're going to make him more, like, <clears throat> I think, uh, just look like a Atlantean, like, beast yeah. than, he, than he is in the comics. In the comics, he yeah. kind of looks like, basically, like a pretty like boy pretty prince. Boy, yeah. And I think that's, like, that's, like, kind of his charm is where everybody kind of underestimates him because he looks like a pretty boy and yeah. he doesn't look powerful. Like, he talks to fish and yeah. shit. But, like, if you read Jeff John's run in the New 52, like, that's probably one of my favorite books since oh, yeah. the New 52 launched. I haven't read it yet, but I like Jeff John's. But, like, what, yeah, what I, what I was getting at, though, is, like, I, what I like about podcasts is when people can debate. Yeah. Like, and you have, like, strong opinions. It's like, I obviously don't think less of you for anything <laughs> Paul Walker. And I, uh, I actually agreed with a lot of, like, Connors. Like, uh, I think him and I have some things in common. But I wanted to uh, just be that voice to defend the Beatles a little bit, <laughs> like just because I really wanted to be there. And yeah, like, I, I, I'm not at all like trying to start controversy. Or no, anything, but, but like I, I, I like I like healthy debates. But like uh, I don't know, I figure like if you don't want to, like I'm totally done. No, like, go do ahead. I want to know why. I will, I will like give Beatles. you the platform to talk about the Beatles. Okay, <laughs> like just like I grew up listening to the Beatles, but like some things that I think some a lot of people don't know about them is that like. Beatles were the first band to, and they were the first ones to do an album. Like, that wasn't just all cover songs. Like, at the time, there was all these bands would do songs that were covers and then, like, one original or whatever, and they were all meant to be danced to. Like, they, like at the time, like, when the Beatles came out, music was meant for dancing in clubs and, like, wherever, like, for, like, it was, it didn't really have any, like, real feeling to it, I guess. Like, you know, the kind of stuff that we listen to, like, where we can relate to the lyrics and everything. At the time, like, they were one of the first ones. Yes, I want to say that. Uh, not really. I'm just thinking back to, like, I can see there's actually a lot of acts in, like, the 1920s. I'm just picturing, like, especially, like, women singers, like, in the clubs, like, singing their heart out. And yeah. it's, it's not, like, men's to be danced to specifically. But, like, yeah. I, I totally see what you're but saying. But they, they never, like, recorded them when they weren't, like, yeah, like, definitely. With, like albums coming out. And so they, they were the first to do that. They were also the first to create, like, using commercials and film to... Uh, to promote their music, so they were the first band to do a music video. Really? Yeah. So I want you to repeat after me for all those times that we had from video on demand. Thank you, Beatles. <laughs> say it. I'm not gonna say, say thank it you, Beatles. Uh, You're gonna say it by the because end of uh, much like oh, as much as I want to say thank you, I I think music videos. I appreciate them for introducing me to new bands, but I think one way or another I would have been able to find them as long as they're recorded, you know? Yeah, oh, I think they would, like, obviously someone would have... I'll, I'll say thank you to the Beatles for somehow, some way showing me Alexis on Fire, but yeah. that's, that's about it. Yeah, well then, like, you know, coming <laughs> home from school, it was a highlight to see, like, the latest videos, whatever, but yeah, I don't know, they were the first ones to create the hidden track, they were the first band to do a concept album, which some of my favorite albums are concept albums. Uh, they were the first band to have like an actual hand in like producing their own music. Like, I think <clears throat> my biggest pet peeve with anything involving the Beatles mm -hmm. is people saying that the Beatles were the first rock band. Yeah, and they weren't. And I, that's that's like that's my biggest yeah. peeve with them when yeah. people say that. Like that's for me, I I can appreciate where 
I think I've said this on the music one. I appreciate where they are musically and like what they bring to the table, but it's just not my thing. Yeah, no, and that's, I, think, and that's, I don't mean to sound like those people who are like, you know, who are like, oh, the Beatles are the best band. <laughs> I know I'm kind of coming across as, across as that, but I don't actually, like, I don't actually think that. I think that we have, a, they're, we have them to thank for a lot of things. Like someone as, as a musician, like myself and yourself, like, we, there's a lot to thank them for. Like, that's why, like, it's, it's not that I think that they're the greatest band in the world or whatever, but you also gotta admire that they haven't been a band in over 40 years and people are still talking about them. Like, that we're, we're here talking about them today. You guys brought it up on the music podcast and, yeah, <laughs> no, but. I think the greatest thing that happened from the Beatles is the Paul is Dead conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. Like, I, I, I really like their, their music because I grew up with it, like with my dad, who's, you know, anyone's going to have it influences bands, from yeah. that stuff. But yeah, just the Beatles, one true revolutionary is the music. I would say, I, I would say my Beatles are the Ramones. Yeah. That's, that's what I'd say. Yeah. No, so. they are totally the Beatles of the punk era. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's what I grew up with. Right? Yeah. So. I remember your dad's a big punk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, um, no, sorry, I didn't mean to get. Off no, it's, it's all good. It's, <laughs> I it's, like healthy. I like healthy debates. I wish Connor would be here so we could talk. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of good that we got this out of, like out, so that it's not weighing on you for <laughs> a no. long time. But uh, yeah, it'll also kind of get people a little bit more relaxed for when we get to the tense, yeah. eerie parts. Oh, it's gonna get dark. It's gonna get so dark. Yeah. You're you're gonna wish that you could cover your eyes, but covering your eyes isn't going to stop the fact that yeah. you'll be able to... Well, I guess you can cover your ears. It's dark. It's like you're doing by the Beatles. I don't know what that is. Oh, sure. <laughs> Great song. Uh, so, what do you say Chuck, like Chucky was your favorite costume of all time as a no, kid? Or? Well, yeah, like I loved that one as a kid. Um, but, like, my mom super... She got into it, like, really. She was one of those moms that was... She was all about, like, participating and stuff like that, so she'd get us all done up and... She did that, and then one year I went as the Riddler, like from oh, Batman, man. Yeah. and like she made the most legit Riddler costume. Like it was like just like a green suit, basically with spray paint question marks all over. And she mm -hmm. got me the little like uh, what's that called to cover the eyes, like yeah. uh, you know, yeah, like, you know what I'm talking about. And then like the top hat, like like the for like the old school, almost Jim Carreyish Beatles, like, <laughs> Jim <laughs> well, Riddler, Beatles on the Riddler, mind. Riddler, yeah. <laughs> Riddler. Yeah. No, that one was awesome, Chucky, and honestly, like, I went, f like, probably eight years of not doing anything for Halloween, like, it, it's funny, because, like, you know, I'm so passionate about horror movies, I love horror, I love this time of year, but it wasn't always like that, like, I had a couple of, like, really dark years, and every time, it was, like, every single Halloween, something bad happened to me, like, throughout high school, it, oh, was, yeah. like, it was, like, the worst day of the year for me was Halloween, like, so just, it was completely random stuff, but it was just, like, all stupid, but it wasn't until, like, when Morgan and I started dating, we, like, she kind of got me back into getting excited for Halloween and dressing up, and, like, that's when it started getting good again, and ever since then, like, Friday's my favorite day of the year, like, I'm so <laughs> excited for Halloween, but, um, like, a couple years, like, all my, like, costumes that I really liked are ones I've done over the past few years, <laughs> like, uh, like, four years ago, I went as, like, a Guido. <laughs> I, I, I gelled up my hair, put frosted tips on, like an upside down visor hat, yeah. and like tattooed UFC all over my arms. That's amazing. I carried, I carried my beer around the party and a whey protein back of bucket. <laughs> but, and then like last year was probably my favorite one. My friend and I came up with it like the day of like two days before Halloween. Have you seen Pulp Fiction? Uh, yeah. 
Okay, yeah, we went to this, like, I was John Travolta and he was Samuel Jackson. And, like, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was, we did it super legit, and Morgan was Uma Thurman, like, Mia Wallace, and yeah, yeah it was super fun. That's um, awesome. Great, yeah. I, I like, <clears throat> I haven't really had too, too many, like, great costumes for myself, because I always wanted really weird costumes. Like, my parents would offer to make costumes, but I always wanted... Like, to be a ninja or something like yeah. a store-bought one. <clears throat> the one I remember the most is, <clears throat> I remember I was, like, maybe 10, and I had, uh, I, I just had, like, knee surgery. I, like, tripped and fell, and, like, my, this is gruesome, but I tripped and fell, and my kneecap fell out of my leg. Oh, like, I, I slashed it on the pavement, and, like, I, the principal had to carry me to my dad's truck and I had to go get like immediate surgery to get it put back in. Jesus Christ. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I was like holding my kneecap and stuff, but, uh, I was like really upset cause everybody was going trick or treating and I had no way to go and I had no costume and stuff. And we had all these tensor bandages laying around the house from when that happened. And, and I, I was still kind of recovering, so I couldn't walk around by myself. Yeah. So I, my, my dad went with me even though I was like 10, which yeah. was like kind of weird, but my dad went with me and I like, we, I, they, they wrapped me up with these tensor bandages and I just went as a mummy, mummy? because awesome. I didn't have any costume. Yeah. I just remember that. And then, um, trying to think what other one I the The one thing I remember the most about Halloween, like was a costume my dad made for himself because yeah. like I said, I always had like, stereotypical like store-bought ones the best one i almost did was uh san and dean from uh supernatural and yeah. we had uh my buddy phil was going to be uh bobby oh, really? so it was going to be like the three of us going to like parties as sam and dean and bobby but uh my brother's girlfriend decided that he should go as the guy from food bar or something or he decided oh, yeah, yeah, i saw that so that he went with uh our friend instead but yeah i think i'm going to be dean this year because i i was gonna be star lord but i didn't yeah. have like the time and patience to track down everything you need no. so uh it's just easy it's basically all the clothes and shit i already have yeah um yeah, well if you uh if you and your girlfriend looking for somebody to go after you give me a call come uh, come over and hang out that sounds fun she actually really wants to meet you and morgan because yeah. she's she's really into like horror and stuff and she always wants to find new friends who want to watch horror movies because oh, yeah. it's it's really hard finding people like that to relate to yeah. and it i'm not trying to be a dick but it's really hard to find a girl that yeah. gets along with like people yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you know so uh yeah, yeah. but uh i'm just gonna jump back into it quick uh my dad made this really badass costume one time to take us trick-or-treating he i just remember he had a, a black uh paint pen yeah. and he hand drew and stitched like an entire spider-man costume he like did like the mesh and like That's everything awesome. and it looked so fucking good that me and my brother would like s we'd wear it all year round yeah. we wouldn't like we'd take turns stealing it from the laundry room and just wearing it and then we'd get in shit for wearing it because my dad spent like maybe 15 hours making it but yeah. That's probably, like, my best Halloween memory was just my dad making this badass costume. That's awesome. So, That'd be wicked. 
I still have the mask around somewhere, but it's all like botched and stuff from us wearing it as kids. So. I remember you know, when Tobin McGuire gets messed up at the end, just put a little rip in it. <laughs> well, it's not like super ripped. It just doesn't have like the mesh and stuff. Well, I was then rip it. Peter Parker last year. I just stole glasses, popped the lenses out, and just wore like a just like a shirt that looks like a Spider-Man suit. Yeah, I'm buttoned. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's a good idea. But I haven't seen anyone do that actually. I might I might do it again this year, but I I gotta see if I still have that shirt around yeah. somewhere. But uh. Yeah, so I was thinking, since we already kind of discussed what we're talking, like, what we've had for Halloween costumes and stuff, that uh, we'd maybe just share some creepy stories about stuff that's that's happened to us, or, or that we that we know firsthand, that yeah. we believe really happened. Do you have any of those? Yeah, I have, I have a few of those, and I really am anxious to share them, but I also want to know what you thought about The Descent. Oh, you want to talk yeah, about yeah, that first? Just, yeah, let's get this up on the way. Let's That's hit, like, good. half hour mark. And That's really good. Half hour, um, and I promise it's going to get creepy as hell in here. The Descent? You had told me that it made you, like, uh, claustrophobic watching time, it. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not a super claustrophobic person, so I, I, I won't be too bad. Yeah. But watching it, I... I legitimately had an anxiety attack, yeah, a, and I haven't had one in yeah, years. It's an hour and a half panic attack. And it's it's awesome. insane. And I really like... Uh, do they ever mention what the creatures are? No, they don't, but... Uh, I thought they were, I like, think, Wendigos? Yeah, like, well, they're, they're basically, I'm guessing, just creatures who have just, like, lived in the dark for so long. Like, they can't... Like, they, they can see in the dark, but no one else can. And that's what makes them so damn creepy. Do you, do you know anything about the Wendigos? No, I don't. Essentially, <clears throat> folklore, it actually originated in Manitoba, I believe. Um, there was a guy, his, a guy and his family, an Aboriginal man and his family lived up in a, a cabin up, up north where yeah. like the winter hits like minus 50 degrees Celsius, like regularly. And, uh, this was like a long winter with lots of snow and they had no way to get more food and they were basically snowed in for an entire winter and the guy ate his entire family Jeez. and the legend goes that uh, he had a craving for human flesh so he he kept feeding and feeding and feeding and as he the more it's it's like kind of like an aboriginal belief that like if you feed on human flesh like not general aboriginal belief but for the story's sake yeah. that if you feed on the flesh you kind of gain like different supernatural powers it's kind of like kind of a blessing and a curse at the same time yeah. So they're basically just human being cannibals that become like ultimate hunters and they're 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 no longer human being because of their craving for flesh. So yeah. essentially they're faster, they're stronger, they have they lose their vision though and yeah. they can see at night and all this cool shit and I've seen it in like multiple things. I used to research this yeah. shit constantly. Oh, yeah. So when I watched the descent I was like That's for sure in that. I hope it's a Wendigo. Yeah, yeah it's got to be kind of like that that actually just remind me of like we won't talk about it too long because it's not on the list. I want to keep, <laughs> keep to our little schedule here. But uh, have you heard of the movie Ravenous? I haven't. Okay, yeah, we just watched it. And it's kind of like that. Like it's got uh, Guy Pierce in it, and God, I can't remember his name for the life of me. But uh, the guy from oh, you probably haven't seen Twenty Eight Weeks Later either. I have. You have okay, the like the guy with he's like the dad. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, well, it's um it's based in like. I don't even know if it'd be the early 1900s, and it's kind of like, it's kind of set in like, have you, did you ever go to Fort Patosh as a kid? Yeah. Yeah, like, it's kind of, like, it's honestly kind of like that, and when it starts off, like, all the music is happy, and it's, like, whistles, and, uh, just really, like, folky music, and it doesn't seem like a horror movie at all, but it, it, like, we just rewatched it, and it's 
fucking awesome. Like, I highly recommend watching it, but it's, uh, it's the same thing where these people, like, they, they were abandoned out in the cold for so long that they started eating each other. Like, this, this guy, they believe that, uh, when you eat human flesh, you get, like, special abilities or you, like, it can heal your wounds and, like, you know, like, so it's a little bit far-fetched because obviously that's not real. But it doesn't take away from the fact that it's, like, an awesome-ass movie and I think you really like it, but that's, uh, that movie was one of the ones that, like, you're, you're talking about your fears last time about being, like, eaten alive and everything. Yeah. That'll cater directly to you. Like, that movie, like, I saw, like, through, like, my parents were watching it when I was little at Peek Around the Corner watching them. Like, a few scenes in that movie, I should have brought, like, I should have came up with a list for last time, like, because <laughs> like, that would for sure be on one of them, like, it's just stuck in my head my entire life, and rewatching it, just relived it, and it's just awesome. But, continue on. Uh, <laughs> you I, like The Descent? Yeah, I liked it a lot. I, um, I kind of, I kind of wish they would have, um, like, for me, I'm smart enough to make the connections, but I know a lot of people watching it wouldn't have made the connection at the very beginning that there was an affair going on. Yeah. So I kind of wish that they would have, like, mentioned it some yeah. way. That was, like, my only flaw yeah, with that movie. Yeah, they pretty much just showed, like, the necklace I think she had. Yeah. Other than that, I was just kind of, like, it's, it's, I like the way that it built up and the way yeah. that it, it just didn't feel like a horror movie at first, and it gradually, like... They showed, like, the blood mark on the cave, and yeah. she's just kind of like, what the fuck? Yeah. And what, I, what I loved was, like, how it, it starts off, and, like, how I would tell people that it's based on a true story, that, like, it's so <laughs> believable, because it's, like, the first half hour is just them, like, diving into the caves or whatever, and, like, getting into tight spots, spots and everything. And I remember the first time I watched it, like, it was giving me such a bad panic attack. I was like, this is a horrifying movie. Yeah. And then they bring in, like, the Wendigos or whatever. Like, I think the, when they brought those creatures in, it actually kind of calmed me down a little yeah, bit. Well, because, because it didn't feel as real. Exactly. Yeah. Um, have you been keeping up with The Walking Dead at all? I've been trying, like, I've been trying to get back into it because I fell out of it super hard. And because mm -hmm. I just, I'm just so tired of it. Like, I got really tired. There was, like, for me, it's like... Every season, there's, like, two amazing episodes. It's, like, the, the rest first is two are good, and then it's, like, yeah, the middle episodes talking, are kind of yeah. talking and stuff, and then the last two are really good, yeah. usually, right? My, yeah, my problem is that, like, I like I remember the last episode, that, like, I don't find the, the characters, like, any of them likable, besides Glenn. Like, I like Glenn a lot. Yeah. And I like Maggie, so Glenn and Maggie, and Rick is, like, I like Rick a lot, but, like, I just found myself not giving a shit about anybody else, and it really took away from it. And I just got tired of like, you, like I think it'd be better watching it like we like uh, all consecutively in a row. Oh yeah. It, like waiting a week and then having like forty-five minutes of just like the last episode that I watched. Uh, I've been trying to catch up because I hear that this new season is just amazing. <sighs> yeah, like I know like Greg Nicotero is like directing now. He's he's the guy who does all the effects makeup yeah. for it. And he's just like, he's a horror god, man. Like, he, he's worked on everything. Like, but he, like, made his mark and, like, he was working on, like, Day of the Dead, like, From Dusk Till Dawn, like, some of, like, the best horror movies out there. And the makeup effects and everything is just unbelievable in Walking Dead. Like, I love it. But I heard that he was directing it. And of course, like, I heard the first episode is, like, the best episode yet. The first, this, even this last episode was so good. Like, yeah. I'm, I won't give you any spoilers. Terminus, eh? Like, you probably don't want to, no, they're past Terminus. Okay. You, you know what happens in Terminus, yeah, right? Yeah, I've been keeping up with the book. Like, I read the books, and, like, that's my problem with it, too. Though. Like, is, the, I haven't, the books have been so good. Yeah. Like, they've been so consistent that I know that they don't want to, like, do the same things that they do in the books because then it would be, leave no mystery for the people who read the books. Yeah. 
but it's like it's basically it's like written for you like you've got like awesome stuff going that you could just translate to screen and it would be amazing but i don't know like i i've really fallen out but i want to get back into it. the last episode i watched was one where daryl and that girl get drunk and yeah that was that was probably like where i'd say 90 percent of the people dropped off last season yeah but yeah. I'd say I'd definitely suggest catching up yeah. and catch up this season because yeah, it's. I, I plan to like I I dropped off the. I actually fast forwarded through the governor episodes like where he was like where it was like uh, just the governor by himself. Yeah. I had to fast forward it through because I was just like I was just bored to tears. Like, yeah. I thought, but then the finale was fucking amazing. Like that. Like that, that. Yeah, that, that was an amazing episode. It it gets like it's I honestly didn't like Carol at all throughout it. Yeah. And now she's probably one of my favorite characters yeah, just because of this season. Yeah. And, uh, I know what she the, does. The reason I bring it up is, uh, do you want me to give you a, a spoiler or no, none at all? Uh, well, people who are listening might not. Yeah. Yeah. Give it to me. Okay. Uh, is when she shoots the girl in the previous season, the kid? Uh, no, that's, spoiler. I'm talking like uh, this past week. Okay, I don't spoil it. Uh, okay. I'm going to try to catch I'll, up. I'll say... Uh, <clears throat> I've heard it's good. I know people who have hated... My biggest, my biggest fear happened in this past episode right after I told you what my biggest fear was. Yeah. So I like told you, and then two days later, I'm watching it with my dad, and I'm like, I just fucking <laughs> told Mitch about this. That happens to Dale in the books, eh? I know what you're talking about. Oh, really? Because it happens to Dale in the books. Like When you're talking about like Dale survived, he's like in Terminus in the books. And he... Uh, he's like on a picnic table and they're yeah they're like it, yeah. it's it's that's it's, cool yeah it's a, like it's different in this one but it's it's fucking it's intense yeah. and it made me go like i need to fucking tell mitch but yeah. i didn't want to spoil no, anything, yeah, well, I know so it I did you watch uh did you read the books at all i haven't i read the f my girlfriend has like the first five trades yeah and she oh, said man. i could borrow them but i i kind of been so caught up in my own fucking yeah. books that I haven't sat down and read them. It's it's honestly the craziest, craziest book. <laughs> my issue is just like, there's just so much for me to read. And it seems like, especially now, they have so many new books coming out that I'm just like screwed. I was supposed to get comics today, but I'm I'm so broke that I just didn't even bother. So I have, yeah, to, I have to wait till this weekend. And yeah. Hopefully I'll be able to, but... It's my story of my life the past few months. <laughs> It's just, I, and I'm not even moved out. <laughs> Mine is a talk Ch about Chucky horror. costume left me bankrupt. Yeah, I, I didn't have a Chucky costume payment, but I had the fucking Saw. Yeah, <laughs> the Saw movies that well, sent me back. You so. can add this to your collection because I want you to have that. Are you serious? Yeah, man. Yeah. You're, you're serious. It's right your now? birthday. You can keep dragging the hell as well. Okay, give me one sec, you guys. Thanks, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate happy, it. Happy man. birthday. Thanks. Have that and uh, Drag Me to Hell. So what Mitch just did is he gave me The Descent and Drag Me to Hell on DVD, which is fucking awesome, because I was planning on buying them anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so you saved me some money. Thanks. Yeah, I like spreading the love, the horror love. You have it. both of these on Blu-ray. Yeah. Because okay. yeah, so uh, I would have felt like a fucking dickhole if... <laughs> but I, I have done that before. I've done that with... um. Like I've said on the last podcast, it's almost famous is my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. And I like if someone like there'll be people over at the house and they'd never seen it, I'll just like give it to them, be like, just take it. Just take it, just watch it, let it change your life. And then I go up <laughs> the next day and I buy another one. Because I owe a lot to that movie, so I've bought good. it a few times. <laughs> That's a good story, man. Yeah. Well we're about half an hour, so okay, we're still good. on schedule pretty pretty good, but
we're about to get really spooky, so uh, we gave you half an hour of lighthearted shit, so uh, you guys be prepared for some some dark vibes sending your way. It's about to get real spooky up in here. Right now, I'm inserting ominous music. Yeah. I can't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna add a whole bunch of weird shit to make this tone creepy. Sometimes silence is the creepiest. Can I have an awkward moment of silence? <laughs> I actually jumped a little bit when you did that. <laughs> Alright, so did you want to start this off, or did you nope, want me to? You take it away, Kenny. I have uh, three stories that I wanted to talk to you uh, about, and uh, they're all personal. Yep. So, uh, the one is one that I heard, I, like, <clears throat> how do I start this off? I was really close with my grandpa for a couple years and he passed away extremely young when I was like eight years old. He was like 46 and there's absolutely no reason for his death. Nobody knows why he died. They just found him hanging out of his car in his garage. There's no carbon monoxide, no nothing in his blood. They think his his uh, girlfriend at the time was a, a nurse. So they think she possibly could have poisoned him with something that was untraceable. But they don't know. So there's there's no closure there, but uh, that's beside the point. That's creepy in its own. But uh, <laughs> he, uh, he told this story to my mom. Um, I guess it would have been like a year before he passed away, maybe. Yeah. So this story is called The Barn Dance. I'm going to hopefully put reverb and shit on that, but... <laughs> uh, so essentially the barn dance it was on the highway from saskatoon to humboldt it was there up until i'd say maybe four years ago uh it was this big old rickety barn that was in the field it was just off the highway and it said barn dance on the side in really big white letters and it had uh like 8 p.m to 12 p.m or whatever on the side it looked like it hadn't been painted or taken care of since maybe like the 40s the 30s so the story goes uh they used to have these sock hops at the barn dance all the time right kids would go there and then they'd bring their dates and whatever it's a typical star-crossed lover story like these people are in love and bad shit happens so uh these two guys are both in love with the same girl they go to this barn dance. They're having a good time. The one guy's there with the girl, right? They're dating. They're going steady, as they'd say. And uh, the other guy basically told the girl that he loved her that same night. And a fight broke out. They kind of got in a pretty bad tussle. And the guy was beaten pretty badly. But it didn't stop there. Uh, the guy who was the boyfriend of this girl... And his friends grabbed a noose and they wrapped it around the guy's neck and they strung him up in the rafters of the barn on the top loft and they left him there and they all everybody just left the dance and the guy's body was found like the next day cops took care of it this barn was haunted anybody who went there heard uh, jukebox playing throughout the night they heard old music from like the 30s constantly and no explanation right so typical ghost story but the creepy part is it was on some desirable farmland that's been for sale for a long time 
and uh, it's been this farmland was bought several times. People tried demolishing the barn, all this stuff, only for it to not tear down. Whatever they did, it would come back up somehow. This is the story that I was told, yeah. and, and there's no explanation for it. They could not destroy this barn dance barn for some reason. So uh, <clears throat> I think it even burnt down at one point, and it was perfectly fine like a week later. Like almost like somebody was fixing it the exact way it was. So it, it's not there anymore because somebody got the bright idea. You know how you can move houses yeah. on trucks? Somebody got the idea. We don't have to tear it down. We can just move it. So they moved it to this private farmland, and you can still find it. I, I've seen it where it was moved to but I don't remember where it was it's like kilometers and kilometers away from uh, the old location but yeah this was a story that my mom told me every time we used to drive to my grandparents and they lived just outside of Humboldt so pretty much every weekend we drive by the barn dance and I'd hear this story that's crazy so uh, yeah that's a story I wanted to share with everybody um, that's awesome man. yeah maybe do you want to just go back and forth yeah maybe, switch or? off um yeah, like I, I got a few few stories. Um, I don't know which one to start with. Uh, well, basically, I guess I'm gonna just hop right into it because it's gonna get real serious right away here. But basically, um, like I've said before, that I don't really believe in this stuff, but I used to a lot, and I think maybe I'm starting to again because uh, some of the stuff that has happened, it's pretty impossible to explain with any like. I know Morgan and I get in this argument a lot, like, where, like, I'll be like, there's a rational explanation for everything, but she's like, she can always counteract whatever I'm saying. So it's like, you know, I think I'm just setting myself up to be that dumb jock who gets killed in horror movies. For, like, I don't I think you're, those. I think you're like smart enough that you'd be able to outrun whatever yeah. is there, but. Yeah, I don't like, but, um, my family is a pretty spiritual family and, uh, I was kind of hesitant about sharing this story, but I'm going to do it anyways. Like, this is all real and has happened within the past two years, like actually within the past year here. But um, I'm really, really close to my family. I'm close with uh, my sister especially. And we found out recently that she has been, I don't know struggling is the word, but she lives in a condo and like her, she's lived there for six years, I think maybe. And her boyfriend has lived with her there and he doesn't believe, he didn't believe in any of this stuff either, but he, um, she's had some stuff happen around her place that is just, there's no other explanation, and she has answers for everything. And I'm about to tell you about how weird it gets. I'm not a very great storyteller, but I'm gonna do my best. But basically, my sister's had sightings of like an old man in her condo, and he will just she'll be watching TV, and she'll see him just peeking around the corner, and she'll she doesn't get scared. And this is the same woman who like. Basically, let's go through therapy because of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. She doesn't watch horror movies for this, like, we found out for this reason because she was, she had, I guess, a, a confidant who she spoke to about this and they said, like, that that kind of stuff isn't good for people like her, like, who, yeah. who experience this. And because it lets your imagination run wild and, you know, not all spirit, like, people, very spiritual people who, um, don't believe that all spirits are evil, you know, like there, there's rational, or I guess rational is the wrong word, but there's explanations for it all. But she would see this old, she's been seeing this old man for the past two years, and um, she doesn't get scared from it, which is weird because she is terrified, like, like horror movies and stuff like that. So you think 
if I were to see somebody in my house, I'd be freaking out. Like, Definitely. Like, freaking out. But she, she sees this man, and she... The person I'm talking about, the confidant, is my auntie. She's a very spiritual person, and she's always... she's Especially over the past couple of years with um, family passing away, she's had experiences where she calls them visitors, and she gets visits from family members who have passed. And like it's a feeling where she'll be laying in bed, and she'll feel someone sitting at the foot of her bed, and she won't get scared. And so she was experiencing this, and she looked it up, and she... She did a bunch of research, and she um, she's now like an active meditator. She she meditates, and um, she has said that she's had conversations with like my auntie who passed mm -hmm. away like ten or so years ago, and it's just very weird, I guess, especially for someone like me who doesn't really believe in that. But I'm kind of contradicting myself because it's pretty hard to dispute what they say. For example, the old man that she, my sister sees in um, the, her living room, she was told by my auntie to talk to him and say, like, you know, what do you want? What, why are you here? Mm -hmm. And apparently she had found out, like, he would said something to her about asking her boyfriend, Scott, about, uh, like, his little red bicycle. And, you know, that, that so she talked to him about this because, like, like, he was kind of like, you need to calm down, like, this is just in your head or whatever, but... She talked to him about it, and he just, like, broke down crying. And, yeah. well, he, I don't know if he's crying, but, like, he, he left and he was in hysterics because she had laid, she, he had shown her a picture of his grandpa who passed away uh, just before they met. Yeah. And it is the man that she's been seeing. Okay. And he's been hanging around, um, basically, what my auntie thinks is checking up on him. And uh, he was basically just, like, watching Scott like he used to on his little red bicycle mm -hmm. that he that he'd see when he'd grow up so or what like, that he watched Scott on when he was little and uh that just freaked him right out he's like there's no way you could have known about this they had met two years before or whatever and like, it never came up not, in yet, not a chance nothing, not right? a chance that it would have ever come up and she had never seen there's no pictures of it but there's a picture of him and they put piece together that it was him and I know she she's really like she doesn't like talking about this stuff because she gets laughed at a lot, like, you know, because oh, there's people who don't believe it, like, even myself, like, I'm like, there's got to be an, like, a rational explanation or else, like, it's in your head, like, you, your mind is a very powerful thing, like, you can think things and conjure them up and, like, they seem so real. Yeah. But... Something like that, it's hard to explain, right? Yeah, very hard to explain. But that was just the first time. The second time, like, he works on, like, nights, so he, he's a miner, he works up in the mines. And she was sleeping one night, and like this apparently happened so many times where she had woken up to the sound of two girls running around her room, like running, and that scared the living shit out of her. She did not have a good feeling about it, and like she, it it really bothered her. And she came to our house, and like she talked to my mom about it, and um, we just calm her down. And she'd go home, and she it would happen again, and. So she eventually, that's when she started talking to my, like, she talked to my auntie about it. And my auntie has never been to her condo in her life. Like, she lives in Red Deer. So yeah. it's a completely different side of the country, I guess. Like, it, it's like six hours away. And her and her friend said, like, just, like, stay calm. Like, well, uh, I'll call you back in a few hours. Just, like, relax or whatever. And um, she, I guess, meditated. And she called, she called her back and she said, like, Ashley, go up into your condo, go to the picture beside you and Scott, the one in between you and Harley, her, her dog, 
and like which is above the fireplace and yep. he said like there there's something around there that doesn't belong in your house and she she had moved out of that place like she was renting it for a little bit cause she moved to Regina but she yep. just moved back and he said like there's something in that place that isn't yours that you just need to look around for it so she went and first of all she's never been in a condo so she knew like and there's only one spot that had like I know it sounds like generic where like there's obviously pictures of the boyfriend and the girlfriend oh yeah but she knew exactly where it was beside the picture of Harley like her dog and she went sneaking around and she couldn't find anything and um she eventually like went into her fireplace and there was a pocket knife and inside of it had like a weird like it was like hash almost like like uh a type of pot i guess but like it was just something that wasn't hers yeah and she had never seen it in her life so she's she found it and she called her back and she's like yeah just like take it outside put it in the garbage so she took it outside of the condo and she put it in the garbage and um then he, uh they found out that that was like scott took he took a cab ride home one night and it like he it was in the back of a cab and he just like took it with him yeah and he brought it in the house and um all that stuff was happening and as soon as she took it out it didn't happen again hmm. and she doesn't talk to us about this like often anymore because she said a few like yeah it's obviously a sensitive subject i was like kind of i'm also not a very good storyteller so i was a little no, worried about saying it but that's a good story but she took it out and those little girls left but what my like as far as we know she's still seen things and she's heard things and felt things that she can't explain Hmm. And uh, she lives in a condo building, like I said before, and that's apparently stuff like that can happen with like kids with Ouija boards. Someone could be messing with a Ouija board. There's like lots of different things that can bring about spirits. And yeah, you, your sister could be more susceptible to it too. Yeah, like my yeah. mom's the same way. Really? Yeah, and like that's she. But the thing is, like she she's done it a few times where, like with friends, that there is not one single way that she could have known. Oh yeah. About this piece of this person, and she says it to them. If this if this makes you feel better, like the, this is, I, I know this seems difficult for you to talk about, and I, I I definitely appreciate you telling this story. But if this like helps put you at ease a little bit, I hear this stuff regularly because my yeah. mom is the same way, and she has my mom does tarot <laughs> cards, and she she used to practice like uh, Wicca. She she used to like practice like white magic and stuff okay. so like our house is blessed and like all this stuff she's yeah. like psychic she'll do tarot cards and she'll tell people like this one girl like you're gonna have serious serious issues like in the next week with your fiance like just be careful he's holding something back from you and she found out like two days later that her fiance was cheating on her really yeah like just crazy shit like that and my mom doesn't remember saying any of it to these people yeah like she just kind of goes in a trance that's but, crazy like yeah like we like went house hunting and there's one house where like my mom wouldn't even go into the basement because she knew right away she was like did somebody hang themselves here and the realtor was like oh i don't i don't know like yeah. I genuinely don't know. So he called another realtor and it turns out somebody killed himself in that basement. Really? Like we had no yeah. idea how my mom would know. She just knew. Yeah. Well, that's so, how my auntie is too. Like, so. she, she, she more so practices like spiritual stuff where like not necessarily like Wicca, but she, like she's heavily Catholic. It sounds like she's like, this is the auntie that uh, knew where everything was in, yeah. in the house. Yeah. She sounds like she's like mastered um, like outer outer body experiences exactly. and stuff. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and she's talked to us about that numerous that's times. That's so interesting yeah. to me. No, and like I love listening to it. And like uh, 
obviously like, I'm a huge horror fan, so I just love stories. Like, so it's like stuff that could, but you know, like that's the thing is like something like what my sister experienced and what your mom's experienced sometimes. That's not necessarily horrific. It could be seen as something like, I guess, beautiful, like a gift. Yeah. That it, it like, that's why my sister doesn't uh, fill her head with like negative things. Like mm -hmm. there, there's a lot of positive things that come out of people who have these abilities or like experience these things that no one else can has experienced or like other people most people haven't experienced yeah so that's yeah that's like she's even had like there was one of her friends who uh, her brother passed away really young like she's her she's like 28 i think 28 29 and she go to her, her friend's house and they, they would like someone would bring this up because she has a few like close friends that know about or whatever and um she has answers for her about her brother that she's never met in her life and but like she's gotten to the point now like she and like if like i i know it's to you and me like okay you said you understand with your mom and everything but with lots of people they just be like that's total bullshit like that's there, oh, yeah. there's explanations but the thing is like she's legitimately that's why i felt like but luckily i don't think she's gonna listen to this but um she is just like tired it's like she doesn't like she doesn't go around and like they tell people that she's gonna do the, these things for her or anything she just she keeps it to herself now because she's a tired of getting laughed at and b it's not something that she wants to like you know share with everybody yeah i totally understand that like um I, even if your sister were to listen to this like the message you're portraying isn't that she's crazy it's yeah. it's that like, even though things. you don't believe this stuff yeah. You love her and trust her so much oh, that you actually oh, are, are believing. She's the right? main. She's the main so, reason why, like you know, like and she's always been. She's one of my best friends, and I believe pretty much anything she'll tell me, like because she wouldn't lie to me. Definitely, she for sure would not lie to me about this. But it's something that I just can't wrap my head around it properly. Because I, you, you're the type of person yeah, that always looks for logic and answers, right? Yeah, like for rational. Like, but which is kind of weird since I'm a big like I. Tr like we're not I think maybe that's this. why you look for logic though. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, because I don't know. Like I also I experienced some things when I was a kid that I'll uh, I'll go into at some point here as well. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I try to. I guess it's my way of calming myself down. But um, I don't know. I'm a, like we're not going to get into this because this is a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but I'm a firm believer. Like I I, I believe in aliens. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like 100. percent There's not a question for me about that. But so it's I just lately try to tell myself like if you believe in something like that like you gotta believe in you gotta question question everything you definitely know? especially like if if the universe is such a big place that like there, there's proof that there's galaxies and galaxies that like there ha it's just even scientifically there has to be something else out there yeah right? well exactly i think it's so. extremely selfish to think that we're the only people around in this entire galaxy um so my next story, this one I'll actually kind of, <laughs> it's kind of along the same lines. Like, as I mentioned, my mom is also in touch with different things than most people. And uh, this is kind of a weird story that happened to my brother, but it involves my mom. Okay. Yeah. So my brother, I think it was his first job, actually. He was working at Canadian Tire at the time. And uh, some guy came in. He's like, he looked like um in his 50s i guess he had like gray hair this is my brother's story completely right yeah he looked almost like a chief like an like an elder yeah. for like an aboriginal tribe but he didn't have like a headdress or anything he just like, like he was wearing normal clothes yeah. but there's something about him that made my brother believe like he was like an old wise man right yeah. 
So there's like four of them standing around the counter, just like kind of, can we help you? Who's next? Whatever. And this guy's standing there. And, uh, <clears throat> a couple people ask him, can we help you? And he says, no, thanks. I'm good. And, and, until my brother was free. And then he walked up to my brother and he said, you're Kyle, right? And they don't have name tags or anything. Yeah. And he said, yeah. And he goes, uh, does the name Edward mean anything to you? And that's my brother's middle name. And like, he's like, yeah. And at this point he's starting to get creeped out. He's like, who is this guy? Is this like some sort of like government agent or like, what the <laughs> fuck's going on? Yeah. Like, am I being investigated for something? And this guy keeps listing stuff off. Like, is your mom's maiden name this? Is this, has this happened to you? What did you do? Is, did this happen on your 10th birthday? Did this? And he just kept telling him all this really weird shit that people just don't know about yeah. our family, right? So my brother said he was almost like in a trance listening to this guy tell him stuff. And he said like all the other people that were working with him stopped everything and were like crowded around being like, what the fuck is going on right now? So the guy's telling Kyle all of this stuff. And, uh, my brother's kind of like, he said at this point, he feels like he's kind of in a trance, right? All of a sudden, the guy asks my brother, do you have this part in the back? And my brother says, uh, I think so, let me check. And he went and grabbed the part for the guy, came back, something like that. And uh, the guy said, hold out your hand. So my brother said he couldn't even like help it. He, as soon as the guy said it, he like opened his hand up and held it out. And the guy put something in his hand and closed it up. And he said... Uh, looked him dead in the eye and said, give this to your mother. Your mom is the heart keeper and protector of the stone. And like Jesus this weird Christ. shit. And he said, uh, let her know when the black in the middle of the stone disappears, she'll know it's time. And he walked out and left. And my brother opened his hand and there was this stone in his hand and in the middle was like this black stuff, right? Yeah. And my brother's like in shock and he's like so freaked out that I think he got sent home early. His boss was like, that was fucking weird. You need to go home yeah. and figure some shit out. <laughs> my brother goes home, tells my mom about this, gives her the stone. My mom's looking at it. She's like, what black stuff? And the black stuff's gone from the middle of the fucking stone. Really? And we have no idea to this day who the guy was, what any of it means. I don't even know what happened with the stone, but it was like the weirdest fucking story I've heard in a long time. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. There's there's that one. That one's a little personal too, Good but it's, it's, it's out there. So, uh, yeah, I have two more, but uh, if you want to do one, my other yeah. two will be shorter. But. Yeah, I'll start. Like, I'm going to lighten it up a little bit. Cause, like, even like, yeah, that was... I've never really, like, talked about that to, like, friends or anything about that, like, with my family, just, like, Morgan knows about it, really, but, um, Morgan looked up some, like, stories to tell on here for, if people are looking for something to listen to that's kind of creepy, and I thought, I printed off this one called, uh, The Smiling Man. That's oh, your, have you heard of it? Uh, I've heard of, um... It's on Reddit. Smiling Jack, but I think that's on, uh, Creepypasta, so it might not be the same thing. Okay, yeah, and, like... Pardon me for not being a fantastic person to read aloud, but I'm going to do my best here. But um, it's called Smiling Man. She got off of No Sleep from Reddit. Have you heard of that? It gets like a subreddit. No, I'm assuming it's all terrifying yeah, it's shit all though, this, right? Yeah. But like, uh, I don't know, she told me this one, I think it was like four years ago. And like, I don't know, I just really liked it and she really likes it. And I was, they made like a short film of it and it totally doesn't do it justice. Like it's, well, you be the judge of it. Hopefully I can read it and not 
brutal it, brutalize it for you, but uh, let me intro this one. Yeah. You are about to hear the smiling man, as read by Uncool Mitch. <laughs> about five years ago. <laughs> about five. <laughs> well, here we go. About five years yeah. ago. <laughs> About five years ago, I lived downtown in a major city in the U.S. I've always been a night person, so I would often find myself bored after my roommate, who was decidedly not a night person, went to sleep. To pass the time, I used to go for walks and spend time the, spend the time thinking. I spent four years like that, walking alone at night, and never once had a, a reason to feel afraid. I, was I always used to joke with my roommate that even the drug dealers in the city were polite, but all that changed in just a few minutes of, of one evening. It was a Wednesday, somewhere between 1 and 2 in the morning, and I was walking near a police patrol park quite a ways away from my apartment. It was a quiet night, even for a weeknight, and with very little traffic and almost no one on foot. The park, as it was most nights, was completely empty. I turned down a short street in order to loop back to my apartment when I first noticed him. At, at the far end of the street, on my side, was the silhouette of a man, dancing. It was a strange dance, similar to a waltz, but he finished each box with an odd, odd forward stride. I guess you could say he was dance walking, headed straight for me. Deciding he was probably drunk, I stepped as close as I could, uh, as close as I could to the road to give him the majority of the sidewalk to pass me by. The closer he got, the more I realized how gracefully he was moving. He was very tall and lanky and wearing an old suit. He danced closer still until I could make out his face. His eyes were open wide and wild, head tilted back slightly, looking off at the sky. His mouth was formed in a painfully wide cartoon of a smile. Between the eyes and the smile, I decided to cross the street and before he danced any closer. It took my eyes off of him to cross this empty street. As I reached the other side, I glanced back, and then stepped, stopped dead in my tracks. He, was stopped, he had stopped dancing and was standing with one foot in the street perfectly parallel to me. He was facing me, but still looking skyward, smile still wide on his lips. I was completely and utterly unnerved by this. I started walking again, but kept my eyes on the man. He didn't move. Once I'd, once I'd put about half a block between us, I turned away from him for, for a moment to watch the sidewalk in front of me. The street and the sidewalk ahead of me were completely empty. Still unnerved, I looked back to where he, he would been standing to find him gone. For the briefest of the moments, I felt relieved until I noticed him. He had crossed the street and was now slightly crouched down. I couldn't tell for sure due to distance and the shadows, but I was certain I was certain he was facing me. I had looked away from him for more than no more than ten seconds, so it was clear that he had moved fast. I I was shocked I was shocked that I stood there for some time, staring at him, and then he started moving toward me again. He took a giant, exaggerated tiptoed steps as, as if he were a cartoon character sneaking up on someone, except he was moving very, very quickly. I'd like to say at this point I, I ran away or pulled out my pepper spray or my cell phone or anything at all, but I didn't. I just stood there, completely frozen at the smiling man crept toward, as, the, as the smiling man crept toward me. And then he stopped again, about a car length away from me, still, still smiling his smile, still looking to the sky. When I finally found my voice, I blurted out the first thing that came to mind. What I meant to ask was, what the fuck do you want? In an angry, commanding tone. What came out was a whimper of, what the fuck? Regardless of whether or not the hu humans can smell fear, they, they can certainly hear it. I heard it in my own voice, and that only made me more afraid. But he didn't react to it at all. He just stood there, smiling. And then after what felt like forever, he turned around very slowly and started dance-walking away. 
just like that, not wanting to turn my back to him again, I, wa I just watched him go until he was far enough away to almost be out of sight. And then I realized something. He wasn't moving away anymore, nor was he dancing. I watched in horror as the distant shape of him grew larger and larger. He was coming back my way, and this time he was running. I ran too. I ran until I was on the s I was off of the side of the road and back onto a better lit road with, s with sparse traffic. Looking behind me then, he was nowhere to be found. The rest of the way home, I kept glancing over my shoulder, always expecting to see his stupid smile, but he was never there. I lived in that city for six months after that night, and I never went out for another walk. There was something about his face that always haunted me. He didn't look drunk. He didn't look high. He looked completely and utterly insane. And that's a very, very scary thing to see. The end. Holy fuck, man. <laughs> I gave me chills at the end there. Yeah, the, the like, short film of it is it's still pretty good, but, like, I don't know. The, when I read that, in my, I probably... I feel like it sounds stupid reading it a lot, but, like, in my head, it's just like, yeah, it's a pretty intense story. I'm, like, I'm the same way I used to read, um, stories about black-eyed children all the time. Do you know about those? No. They're kind of, like, I guess they're theorized to be demons. Um, there's been several oh, yeah, yeah, accounts where they, they can't come in unless you invite them, but they insist to be invited in and stuff. Yeah. There's lots of those stories I'll read, and I, there's one time we, me and my brother read a couple of those, and we had, like, a camp out in our backyard in a tent with a couple friends, yeah. and I was literally up shaking all night in my tent because I thought I heard black-eyed kids in my back alley. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was, that was a good one. I actually had, like, like another reason why that story kind of, like, resonates with me is, like, even it was... It was three months ago I had a similar experience. Well, when you're downtown Saskatoon, there's a lot of people I wasn't, like yeah, the smiling I, man. Well, I wasn't even downtown <laughs> Saskatoon. I was like, I went for a couple drinks and supper with two of my friends, and we had just parted ways. Like, we were walking, do you know where Fox and Hounds is? Uh, yeah, that's like in Lawson. Yeah, like, it's right by my place, and like, uh, we are walking out of it, and like, Morgan had texted me, she was like, can you pick up batteries from shoppers before you come home? And I started, uh, like, so, like I said goodbye to my buds and walked towards Shoppers, and I walked into Shoppers, and there was just, like, a guy behind me, and I had never seen him in my life or anything, but, uh, I walked into Shoppers, and I went straight for, like, the, the batteries, so I went to, like, the battery stand, and the guy was standing directly behind me, like, not saying anything, he was just, I could hear him breathing, mm -hmm. but I was like, okay, this is weird, so I, like, kind of, like, I thought, like, oh, you need to get some batteries, and, like, I actually said, I was like, oh, do you need in here, and, like, he just, like, stood there he didn't say anything so i moved over towards the the magazine stand which is like right near there just because i wanted to like i felt kind of awkward i guess <laughs> but then he followed me there too he followed me directly behind and then i was just kind of like what the hell are you doing like I, I didn't even say anything but so i started walking and i called morgan and uh i was like yeah do you uh what kind of batteries do you need and i noticed that the guy was still falling like directly behind me yeah and uh she was just like like, I was totally freaked out, so yeah. I was just like, yeah, and, like, she's like, is, like, everything okay? And then, uh, I think he was still directly behind me, and I was just like, well, there's a man following me through Shopper's Drug Mart right now, and I don't really, like, know what he wants, and, like, because he was, like, with, like, uh, so I was looking at him as I was talking on the phone, being like, like, what do you, can I, do I know you? Yeah. And he, like, didn't say anything, and so, like, I kept walking them, or it was like, well, like, we were, like, she was just completely confused by it, but... Like, uh, we're still talking on the phone, and, like, I went over by, like, the counter so that, like, the people working could see. Yeah. And, like, they were just, like, staring. Like, they didn't do anything. And then 
uh, she's like, is he still there? I was like, yeah, he's like standing right in front of me. So it's like, like as close as we are right now. Yeah. I was like looking him in the eye. I was just like, yeah, he's standing right in front of me. Don't really know what he wants. And I was like, can I help you? And he didn't say anything. And I was like, do I know you? He was like, no. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to call the cops right now. Cause this guy's like following me around. Like, yeah. He's just stalking me. And so I was like, yeah, I'll call you right back. I'm going to call the cops. And then he just like stared at me and he smiled and then he walked out of the store and I didn't see him. I fucking, I hate when people yeah. are like that. And, like, oh, I've never had something like that happen. And, like, I, I, uh, so like, I'm like walking outside. It's like 1030 at night on a weeknight or whatever. It's just pitch black. And I was like looking, I was like, I was just waiting for him to like start really, like, I thought he went, I thought he was going to kick my ass. Like he was like an old man. Like, well, you know, he wasn't even an old man. He was like. 50 some just wearing a toque looked completely dazed out of his mind i was like he must be drunk like yeah but he, he he looked like my dad like someone my dad would know so yeah i was just like yeah i pretty much ran in my vehicle and went home i was like that was fucking weird <laughs> i had yesterday i walked uh back to my car because when we do the podcast at work my car's like a block away and it's like through a back alley yeah and it's on on i work off 20th so it's kind of like a super sketchy area and Connor usually leaves before me, so I was walking to my car yesterday, and there's this one guy walking towards me, and he looked a little shady, so I kind of waited by the restaurant, because I didn't want to take a risk. So I, I waited, and he started to cross the street, and as he crossed the street, there's another sketchy guy that turned the corner, he's just some, like, fucking wigger dick gangster kid, yeah. stares at this guy, and uh, starts yelling at him, says, what the fuck are you looking at to this guy? And yeah. The guy's just like, I'm just trying to go home, man. Like, yeah. leave me alone and just keeps walking. And they start having, like, this, like, shouting fight back and forth. But the one guy's just being like, just leave me alone. Like, kind of. Yeah. They're walking through this parking lot. They're like, the one guy who's yelling at him keeps kind of going, like, 10 feet away and then coming back towards them. And it goes all the way to basically where I need to go to get to my car. <laughs> and uh, at one point, he's, the guy was like, do you want me to fucking stab you? And you want me to fucking shoot you? Like, all this shit. And the guy's just like, just fuck, fuck off. And yeah. and I'm, like, kind of walking to my car at this point. I'm, like, speed walking. And yeah. I look over to see if, like, the guy got stabbed or whatever, see if I need to call the cops. And the guy looks at me from, like, 20 feet away. He goes, what the fuck are you looking at? And I'm like, oh, fuck. And I bolted <laughs> to my car. And I just, like, oh, man, it was terrifying. But, uh, yeah, when you were talking about sketchy people, like... My other sketchy people story, and then we'll get back to the ghost stories, because these are kind of scary, too. Yeah. Uh, I was walking to Midtown, uh, like, lunchtime one time, and uh, I saw this kid, like, get off his bike and just kind of park it out front, and just, like, to wait for him as he went to the mall for something. Yeah. Locked it up quickly and, like, went inside, whatever. And I saw this, like, I don't know, this might sound rude to say, but he was, like, a disfigured guy. He had... Like, he looked like a burn victim. He had, like, an arm and a leg amputated. And, yeah. like, he was kind of walking. His face was all sunken in. He had, like, an eye missing and stuff. But yeah. he didn't have, like, an eye patch or anything. And he was kind of walking in the area. And I'm kind of like, well, I should avoid this guy. And I don't know why. I just yeah. felt something about him. He comes up to this guy's bike with his one good arm. He clips the bike lock, hops on the bike with his amputated leg. And he starts pedaling with his one leg. He stole this kid's bike. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of the day. So, yeah, Saskatoon does have some sketchy people. Yeah. But, uh... It's just things you're not used to. Yeah. Um, since I just talked about work, I have two stories. Uh, I'll kind of fly through this one. I'll set it up and 
whatever. We're we're about an hour in. Um, this story is about uh, my work. So I work at a building on uh, 20th Street in Saskatoon. Uh, I don't want to give the specific location because I don't know who's listening to this, but stalkers, man. I like. I'm I'm assuming you're familiar with the area. Uh, this street used to have a whole bunch of old buildings on it, and uh, lately a lot of them have been either demolished or uh, renovated for uh, modern look. They're trying to, I guess the word is gent- gentrify yeah. uh, the, the neighborhood. So uh, basically the building that I'm in, uh, my work is the... Um, is the first business into this building after the renovations and it was located in the basement so um my boss was there late at night working he's getting everything set up and uh he started hearing like footsteps upstairs and he's getting all weirded out and goes upstairs typical thing there's nobody there his wife was there working late she was just sitting at a table upstairs working she didn't hear anything he goes downstairs keeps hearing footsteps and eventually over the hour he hears the footsteps coming down the stairs and he kind of looks to see if it's his wife and it's not it's this big the entire basement is only his business right now and like there's only like one light and it's like there's 10 businesses down there now so like it's all this open space there's no framework no nothing it's this big open space right so these footsteps coming down the stairs he's like the only person in the building is my wife so he kind of looks over nobody's there he's getting a little bit creeped out he said as he's as he continues to work he kind of looks over and he sees this like naked girl like basically like spider crawling towards him from the doorway and he said he was fucking terrified and he's really religious doesn't believe in this stuff i like i don't know i hope he doesn't get mad for me telling this story but he said it creeped him out so uh obviously telling me telling me this i was kind of like okay well like a little bit skeptical about it but i I, i'm kind of like open to stuff so i was like okay well like my boss is a trustworthy guy this sounds creepy like i'll believe him there's more stories about the building like uh one girl was working late had a little bit too much to drink and she she worked at the coffee shop so she she just put on a record on the record player at the coffee shop laid down took a nap till she was good to drive and whatever she said while she was sleeping she it, it felt like her head was in somebody's lap and they were like brushing her hair and stuff and when she woke up, like, uh, the record was taken off the record player, put away, the record player was closed, there was nobody there, like, all this weird stuff happens in the building, right? So, uh, my boss is working one day with, uh, this guy, uh, who used to work there, they're listening to Danzig on the stereo, it's just, like, at a decent volume for working, they're chatting back and forth. All of a sudden, the line comes up, if you want to find hell with me. The stereo turns up as loud as it can go when that line comes up, and then it shuts off by itself. And they were fucking terrified. He has a ban on Danzig and Misfits now. So, I don't blame the guy, but... Basically, he said all this stuff It had happened, like, after hours, right? Yeah. So, what... One weekend, I was asked to work late. 
overtime. I needed the money. I said, okay, I'll do it. The job I do is, uh, basically it was like cleaning stuff that weekend. So I was there late. It was like, it's literally one in the morning. Yeah. And I'll never stay there that late again just because how creepy I got. Start, so. Exactly. <laughs> I'm alone in this basement. Yeah. I need this the money. Old building. I needed the money. I have my headphones in. I have a podcast blasting. I'm listening to it. I'm all happy and shit. Yeah. All of a sudden, I hear stomping upstairs. And I'm confused as fuck. Nobody else is in the building. I know this for a fact. It's a Sunday night, so nobody's there at one in the morning. Yeah. And uh, it was like a holiday weekend, too, so the Monday was off. So nobody's there. So I, I start getting a little freaked out, but I'm like, maybe I'm just hearing things. I'm freaking myself out. I turn up my iPod even more. I keep going. Keep hearing this stomping, and I keep getting creeped out. So I go upstairs. I kind of glance at around the top of the stairs. There's nobody there. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what the fuck's going on. So I'm, I'm just going to finish my job. I have half an hour of work left, and then I'm going to go home. I need the extra money. I'll be done with it. I'll be good. So go back downstairs, and I keep hearing this banging. I'm trying to ignore it for like a half an hour. I'm like as tense as you can possibly fucking be, and I'm, I'm terrified. I like have no other word for it, but like when you're broke, the need for money is like, <laughs> you know, so all of a sudden I see something like fly by the doorway really fast. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I had the door open. I'm like, there's nobody here. I'm seeing things. I need to get out of here. So I, I had two things left to do. It'd be literally two minutes of something. This fucking shadow flies by me again. I'm fucking, I'm, honestly impressed with myself that I stayed there as long yeah, as I okay. did but uh, one more time I see this thing fly by the doorway and I'm like what the fuck is going on so I take off my headphones I peer around the corner and there's this little Asian lady there she says hello we're here to clean the building <laughs> <laughs> it was the fucking cleaners the Ice whole breaker, fucking yeah. time <laughs> those ones I like so, uh, national explanations yeah that one <laughs> that one scared the fuck out of me because yeah. he told me these stories like a week before I like but, that <laughs> yeah that I have one more after this but I'll, I'll yeah. let you tell yours first but, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> oh, I just gotta take a drink of water yeah definitely so yeah that one <laughs> hopefully That's I scared some of you with that one yeah. <laughs> I told everybody that one at work and they all fucking la laughed at me because yeah. <laughs> that's awesome yeah, this next one I'm gonna read. Like, it's actually weird because like I was just on the podcast what two weeks ago. Uh, yeah, like a week and a half. Two yeah, weeks and like ago. I like I gave my Twitter name or whatever, and I guess someone listened to it. Oh, really? Yeah, and they sent me like this like woman sent me this letter, and I'm just gonna read the whole thing, but it's pretty fucked up. Um, Are you serious right now? Yeah, yeah, man. Like, oh come on, this is this. Oh, man, somebody listened to the podcast. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah, Kate, well, she sent me this, and, yeah, I, like, just bear with me, because it's seriously seven pages here. I'm going to do my very best to do it. But, uh... Okay, yeah, it's just fucked up. But, uh, yeah, so she goes, Okay, first, I need to apologize to you Bad Sons podcasters. I'm so sorry. I'm coming to you in time of need. So, like, I'm just at work reading this, and I get this, and I'm, like... Uh, I didn't think anyone listened to this besides, like, you know, <laughs> my girlfriend and, like, a couple friends. But, yeah, she's like, okay, please help me. Read this to the end. Um, okay. 
that's it. That's all I ask. I don't know. I don't know what you do or where to. Or, ugh, I don't know what to do or where to turn. Please just help me. That's all I ask. My name is Andrea, and I'm a single mother. I don't tell you like I don't tell you this like it's some badge of honor, and I'm expecting cookies, milk, cho- and chocolate-covered snowflakes like most of the others in my social circle w- would. They want they want your pats on the back and recognition. I just want some of your time. I see motherhood as a burden. Necessary, yes, but still a burden. My son's name is Jesse. He's 11. That's fifth. That's fifth grade for math haters. Oh, okay. Jesse started the fifth grade this year like any other kid would. There was a little bit of trepidation and lots of excitement. He was a happy-go-lucky sort of kid, full of energy, full of life, and full of energy. All that changed after he met Stan on Tuesday. Stan was a late addition to Jesse's class, a transfer student from another district. Jesse's teacher said said Stan next to Jesse. When I picked Jesse up from school on Tuesday, he told me that Stan was his new best friend. He was acting like himself, though. He was pale and sweaty. I took his temperature, but he wasn't running a fever. I asked about his day, and he would he would tell me that Stan was his new best friend. Stan was my new best friend, Jesse would say. I know I can't wait to meet him, I'd say back. Mom, Stan is great. You should meet him. He's my new best friend, the best in the world. We must have had the same conversation a thousand times that night. When I took Jesse into bed, he looked up at me with tears in his eyes. He put his little hand in front of his face and wiggled his index finger, telling me to come closer. I bent over and he put his hands on to either side of his mouth, you know, the little kid way of telling a secret. While I turned my head and he whispered something into my ear that chilled me. At the time, I didn't know why it chilled me, but it did. He whispered, you believe me, right, mom? I sat back up and looked at. I looked down at him. Believe you about what, honey? Stan, he said. Stan's my new best friend. I nodded and took his temperature once more. Again, he wasn't running a fever. I went to bed. He couldn't sleep, but he couldn't really sleep that night. On Wednesday, when I pulled up to school to drop Jesse off, he got this weird look on his face and told me that he didn't want to go in. Are you feeling sick? I asked. No, he said. He was chewing on. He was chewing on his bottom lip like crazy. This was something I'd something else I'd never seen him do. No, I need to go to school. He opened the door and got out. No goodbye, no I love you, nothing. He trudged up the front steps of the school with his head down. I let off the brake and turned away to drive to work. A little boy was standing right in front of my car. Two, two more seconds and I would have run him over. The boy was pale with a mop of blonde hair that was almost white and bright blue eyes. He knocked on the hood of my car twice, waved once and walked up the stairs to school. When I picked Jesse up after school on Wednesday, he looked a lot uh, he looked a lot better. He was a tiny bit pale paler than normal, normal, but he was he seemed happy. He told me all about his day. He told me dinosaur he told me about dinosaurs and music and math and he told me about recess. And then after math period, we we had recess, mom. You'll never guess what what I did at recess. Tell me, I said, smiling to myself as I'm driving. I'm thinking tag, football, keep away, all the things I remember the boys doing at recess when I was that age. Something benign, something normal. I joined a church. I frowned at the, I frowned at this. A church? At recess? Jesse nodded. The Church of Stan. I, th- I thought it must be some sort of new make-believe game that the kids are playing. What's the Church of Stan? I asked. It's Stan's church, Mom. Jesse laughed like I was the silliest person in the world for asking that question. What do you guys do, though? You know, as members, I asked. Lots of stuff. Today, today though, we just listened to Stan talk. He was saying some funny words, and I got sleepy and dozed off. A bunch of us did. I pulled into the driveway at home, and we got out. Was that, was that it? I asked. Things sounded weird for sure, but the kid didn't seem to be doing. The kids didn't seem to be doing anything wrong. Stan gave us flyers too. 
Josie pulled out a crinkled up piece of paper and handed it to me. It was a piece of manila paper with three words written on black marker. Church of Stan. Again, weird, but nothing wrong. I just thought the boys were playing make-believe. I was wrong. When I picked Jesse when I picked Jesse up after school yesterday, I could tell that something was very wrong with my little boy. He looked panicked and scared. What's going on, honey? I asked, reach, reaching out to feel his forehead. No fever. We played the soul game today, he said. Jesse's head on a swivel. He couldn't look still. He kept looking all around as we headed home. The soul game, I asked. Jesse just nodded and kept kept trying to look everywhere at once. Beads of sweat dotted uh, dotted his upper lip. What's the soul game? I asked. Jesse shook his head no and Je Jesse shook his head no and said nothing. Jesse, what's the soul game? I asked. I told him I didn't want to, but he said he did, he wouldn't be my friend anymore if I didn't play. Who wouldn't be your friend? Where were the teachers? Jesse started breathing harder, but still answered. It happened in the church. He said. Then he whispered, "Teachers aren't allowed in the church." The Church of Stan, I asked. Jesse nodded, and a tear slipped down his cheek. What's the soul game, Jesse? I'm your mother. You tell me right now, I'll take care of everything, I said. I can't tell you, Mom. I can't. The rules are bad. They're so bad. What about Stan, I asked. Will Stan tell me the rules? No, Jesse screamed and scared me half to death. Don't ask him the rules. Please don't, Mom. Please. I pulled into the driveway, scared and confused. Promise me, Mom. Promise me. Promise me. Promise me. Promise me. Promise me. Please. Jesse was bawling now, terrified. I took him into my arms and rocked him. I hadn't rocked him like that since he had been in kindergarten. He fell asleep in my arms and I carried him inside. I took him straight to his room and I got him ready for bed. He just needs to sleep, I kept telling myself. All he needs is sleep. I put him to bed at, I put him to bed and ate dinner alone. I checked up on him around 9 and when I went to bed, he seemed to be sleeping well so I decided to go to sleep. I woke up to him screaming at the top of his lungs 18 minutes after midnight last night. I ran into his room, but he wasn't in his bed. I turned on the light and Jesse came flying out of the closet like something was chasing him. He latched onto my leg and kept screaming. I tried to calm him down and ask him what was wrong at the same time. He wasn't making any sense, he kept screaming about the soul game. He was impossible. I kept asking him what, what that was, but he wouldn't tell me. I tried to put him back to bed, but he would have none of it. Finally, I took him to my room and slept, and he slept in my bed. Jesse fell right to sleep. I was lying on my side watching him, stroking his hair, when his eyes popped open and he stared right into mine. I'll tell you the rules after school tomorrow, lady, he said, then he closed his eyes. What was going on with my kid? In the darkness, I stared at the ceiling for a long time before rolling to my side and start staring in the, into the bathroom. You know when you're at the edge of sleep, sometimes your leg will kick and jerk you awake, or you'll imagine that you're falling and you've just tripped over something and you get jerked awake? That happened to me last night, only I kept being ripped from sleep by something in the doorway to my bathroom. Every time my eyes would start to slip shut, I'd see, I'd see the dark outline of something large in the doorway and jerk awake. Of course nothing would be there, and I would start falling asleep again. The outline would appear in the doorway once more, but it would be closer to me, like it had been taking a baby step. Over and over this happened until morning. This morning on the way to school, Jesse seemed out of it. Lethargic, I felt the same way. I was even I was even more exhausted. I thought of asking Jesse about what he'd seen, what he'd said right before he fell asleep, but he couldn't. I was afraid I was afraid it would send him into hysterics again, so I left it alone. I drove him to school, and he didn't say a word to me the whole time. He was acting like a robot, listless, unemotional. I got a call shortly after dropping him off to keep him to keep him back up. He vomited ugh, to come pick him up. He vomited in class. When I picked him up, he was the same. I asked him several questions, but he only gave me 
grunts in response. The plan at home was to get him changed out of his dirty clothes and then take him to the doctor. He didn't say anything until we pulled into the driveway. Can Stan come over today? He asked. He stared out the windshield at he stared out the windshield at the garage door. You're not feeling well, honey, and you and do you really want him to come over? I asked. I wanted to meet this kid, but I didn't sound like Jesse wanted him to come over. I, however, wanted to get to the bottom of things. Yes, Jesse said. Okay, I said. Do you have his parents' number? He already asked his parents and he said it was okay. We have to wait until he's out of class and I'd still talk I'd still like to talk to his parents. Okay. Jesse got out of the car and he walked into the house. You have their number? I asked and shut the door. No, he said. I started to ask him how I was supposed to call them if I if I didn't have their number, but someone knocked on the door. I was still standing right next to it. I opened the door and standing on my front step was a pale little boy with blue eyes, mop of white blonde hair that that I had almost ran over on Wednesday. A little girl stood next to him with the same complexion. Yes, I asked. Hi, Driz, the little boy said. Is Jesse home? The little boy standing on my front porch shouldn't have known that name. It was my nickname from college, created, created on a drunken night amongst my girlfriends, shortened from Drizzy. No, I said. That's fine, the little girl said. My name is Devin, and you already know my brother's name. Stan, I said. The little girl covered her mouth and giggled. Stan smiled and shrugged. It's really quite simple. Rule 1, don't walk past mirrors in the dark. Rule 2, don't leave any doors open when you go to bed at night. Ask your son what the, three, what the third rule is, and, and remember, a creak means you're falling behind, a rustle means you've almost lost. When the lights go down, hopefully you won't see the dark shadow standing in the corner of the room. Hopefully you won't hear it breathing as your eyes shut and you begin to drift off. And if you hear the bang, well, hopefully you never hear a bang. Stan turned and walked away from with his sister. I stared after them both and shook my head. I wouldn't play their I wouldn't play their stupid game. I walked into the house and found Jesse sitting at the kitchen table crying. What's wrong? I asked. I heard a bang. He whispered. My mouth went dry. When does the game end? I asked. It doesn't. He whispered. It never ends. My heart started beating faster. What's the third rule, Jesse? His face fell and he sucked in a deep breath. Rule three. Knowing all three rules makes you a player. My stomach dropped. What happens if you lose? When it's dark, you'll hear them coming. They'll, they like to let you know when they're getting close. Who? Stan and Devin, Jesse said. They'll reach out through the mirrors or open doorways and drag you through. How do you win? I asked. You win if you tell more, more people the rules to the soul game than the person that told you does. Like I said, Bad Sons podcasters, I'm sorry, but thanks for helping, really. I'm going to enjoy my newfound freedom, and I hope that you enjoy your night. Give Stan and Devin my best. Wow. So you did the work for me, except I have to read that whole story now. <laughs> because you saved yourself, but I'm screwed. <laughs> I don't know, I just thought it was fucking weird that I got that message over Twitter over the, like that. That was a pretty long 140 characters. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty odd. Uh, as you started it, it actually reminded me of this story I heard that was on the uh, same website. It was actually so creepy and it captured so many people's imaginations that the guy actually turned it into a paperback novel. What's it called? Uh, it's called Pen Pal. Yeah, Morgan, she, like, I'm literally about to read that. She has it? Yeah, like, I was, she was like, I would say read this, but it's like six chapters long and they're pretty long or something like that. Yeah, I was gonna uh, buy it actually on Amazon. It's only $9, but I, I listened to... Uh, the guys on Creepy Pasta do uh, recordings. Yeah. They like record horror stories and kind of like what we're doing, except they try to do it like 
super legit with like background music and stuff. And well, there's Polaris Real. Like we we got that one from Twitter. That's true. But uh, this one, that the pen pal one, I heard it is like six or seven different chapters, like you said. Yeah. But they're all audio recordings and I listened to three of them in a row one day while I was playing Xbox and I had to like shut it off because I was getting too creeped out by them really? it's just it's like really like it's a ridiculously creepy story but yeah, uh, I'd suggest if you're into scary stuff to check it out yeah. Uh, yeah it just reminded me of that so I just wanted to bring that up but. yeah for sure yeah I plan on reading for sure hope everyone thinks that those stories that I shared were kind of creepy I I won't be able to tonight I need to <laughs> write those rules down and share them with people because oh, I'm pretty sure we're all fucked <laughs> <laughs> wait what <laughs> I know you can't I just got it fuck <laughs> 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 one bench <laughs> uh yeah anyways I have one more story it's a personal one do it. I'm going to share it. I was going to read one about Midtown Plaza, but it looks a little bit long, so I'm just going to share a personal one, and yeah. then we'll, uh, I'll read you some urban legends that happen to be true, and then uh, I'll quiz Mitch on some horror movie knowledge. So, uh, Bring it. This one is kind of a... It, it's, it'll lighten the mood up a little bit more, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, but it's it's 100% true. Like, I, I swear on everything that this legitimately happened to my parents. Um, I'm I was born in Calgary, yeah. and then uh, within the first year, my parents decided to move back to Humboldt, with uh, where my grandparents lived, to uh, kind of make like having their first son like a little bit easier, like an easier transition, having like a support system and stuff. So uh, they got this house, they moved into it, and. Uh, I'd say uh, within the first uh, couple months, weird stuff started happening, but uh, I'm going to start off by saying that uh, Saskatchewan has a football team that's, it has insanely devoted fans, like it's one of the craziest, like fucking sports, anything I've ever fucking seen, I'm not a sports fan, but like everybody I know from Saskatchewan besides me is like obsessed with the Rough Riders so uh even like 20 years ago or so it it was the exact same right so um the first thing happened it was it was game day my mom just washed my dad's brand new Rough Rider jersey folded it put it on the dryer and it disappears there's no explanation for it they tear the house apart looking for it they can't find it so some weird shit starts happening little knocks and stuff and they're they're kind of like they kind of forget about the jersey but it was an expensive one so it's always on the back of their mind and the next rider game they jerseys folded and sitting on the dryer and they're like well what the fuck like it wasn't there like what's going on somebody's so they talked to my grandma they said hey like mom did you come over do some laundry or something like I was looking for my jersey and it disappeared and now it's back like did you wash it or anything she said no I haven't done any of your guys's laundry or anything I haven't been, really been to your house so I, I I don't know what would have really happened this happened multiple times rough rider jerseys disappearing appearing back 
that was just the start of it though um my parents used to have an old radio that would constantly be on for background noise right and every day a fucking beach boy song would play <laughs> exact same one constantly and uh my dad got so sick of it at one point he unplugged the radio and the song was still playing he had no explanation for it yeah so every time a beach boy song would come on he'd unplug it and it would keep playing but as soon as the song ended the radio would shut off weird shit like that creeps me out because there's no explanation yeah. for it right there's no batteries in the radio it's a wall plug-in if it's unplugged technically there should no be no power source yeah. right so they just learned to live with it. Um, later on, they found out that an old couple had passed away in the house, and, and they're Rough Rider fans. Their song was a Beach Boys song, stuff like that, right? So it's kind of cool. But the weirdest part is that before they found this out, uh, apparently I'd be sitting outside in the backyard in my sandbox playing with somebody, like an adult that was there, but nobody was there. And they'd like see like footprints in the sandbox and shit and like just really weird shit like that. And uh, I swear to God, like this is 100% true. Like my parents told me this and I like it creeps me out thinking that I had like this experience. And I can't, I was so young, yeah. I can't remember it, you know. So that that's uh, that's my third real, well, fourth real story. But yeah, that's, yeah, that's uh, that's all of my stories. So yeah. you didn't have any more that was. Uh, I do, but they're too long. <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel like we've got it pretty much covered. Yeah, we're about to go on to these urban legends. Hour and a half in. Cool. Good time, good time. So one thing I was looking for that I really wanted to talk about last time was <clears throat> I found a list on Cracked, and it's uh, cracked.com. Uh, I gotta find the right one, though. It's uh, creepiest urban legends that happen to be true. Yeah. So... What are your, like, favorite urban legends, would you say, off the top of your head? Like, Candyman, Bloody Mary. Love like, Candyman. Razors and Halloween candy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, you pretty much just covered them there. <laughs> Candyman, Razors and Halloween candy. Can't really think of any other ones right now. I like, a, I like, um... I, like, I'll probably remember if you keep going through them, and then... Well, a lot of these ones are... Ones that, like, as as I say them, you'll be like, oh, shit, I've totally heard of this, and I didn't yeah. even think about it. Um, so this one, there's, like, uh, oh, shit, this totally just froze up. Uh, it's got, like, eight different parts to it, because they kept finding more and more creepy urgent urban legends that were true. <laughs> so there's literally, like, 50 of them I could talk about, but... Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to get this to go. Okay. Um, so as I said, this is five urban creepiest ur urban legends that happen to be true on crack.com. Um, the author was uh, Nathan Birch. So as Connor always bitches at me, cite your sources. <laughs> uh, it was posted October nineteenth, two thousand and seven. It has over eight million, well, almost eight million views. So it's it's a pretty popular one, I would say. Um, Jesus Christ, why is this freezing again? This is like the downfall of podcasting on a computer. Is like technology is so unreliable. Sometimes. Yeah. Um. Let's see. You can use mine if you want. I think I have it. Yeah. Here we go. 
so one of the ones, uh, let's see, I'll, I'll just read what he has here. I'll read it word for word, and that okay. way it's told better than the way I could tell it. <laughs> so, the best creepy campfire stories are always the ones that end with the words, and it's all true, because <laughs> I have the damn documentation proof here. Um... In that spirit, we've tracked down five of the creepiest tales and urban legends that really happened to real people, proving once and for all that nothing is more terrifying than everyday life, which nothing could be truer. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the first one is uh, the dead body under your freaking mattress. You ever hear about this? No. So the legend is a couple checks into a hotel and have to put up with a foul odor in their room all night. They call the staff to complain, and somebody figures out the stench is coming from the bed. Now, there's no way that scenario is going to have a good ending. You're almost hoping that, at that point, it'll turn out the last guest just got drunk and pooped behind the headboard. <laughs> but no, the staff take off the mattress and discover the couple has been sleeping over the rotted body of a dead girl who had been stuffed in the box spring. So that's the legend. Yeah. The truth is that this actually happened in Las Vegas. It also happened in Kansas City uh, and Atlantic City in New Jersey, uh, several times in Florida and in California. So <laughs> People just find bodies and mattresses? <laughs> in hotels. Uh, let's just say that in or under the bed in a hotel room seems to be a fairly popular destination for recently deceased. <laughs> It makes sense if you think about it. The closet and under the bed are the two most popular places to hide just about anything, so it's not surprising a hell of a lot of corpses end up there as well. In fact, the odds are pretty good that at least once a guy has killed a prostitute, tried to stuff her under the bed, only to find that there's already a body there. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> the strangest part... Story of my life. <laughs> the strangest part isn't that the bodies wind up in such terrible hiding place. Killers often aren't the type to plan ahead. No, the strange thing is that in almost every story people will sleep part of, or in many cases, the entire night on top of a corpse before reporting it. Most people we know will complain if they detect that someone might have smoked a cigarette in their room for four months ago, not these people. They slept inches above an oozing heap of rotting human flesh rather than the in to inconvenience the hotel management by asking for a new room. Or at least we hope sleeping is all they did in, in bed. <laughs> oh man, can you imagine dying and then the first thing that happens is some middle-aged couple starts porking over you? <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Hopefully they at least got a free continental breakfast out of the ordeal. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this writer is pretty fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Funhouse Mummy. So the, the myth is a prop at a carnival was discovered not to be made of the usual combination of paper mache and carny spit, but human skin and bone. All the little kitties at the haunted house had been poking and giggling at a real mummified dead body. The truth. Apparently the smell wasn't just coming from the convict manning the corndog stand. <laughs> Back in 1976, a camera crew filming an episode of The Six Million Dollar Man began to set up in the haunted house at the New Pike Amusement Park in Long Beach, California. As they were moving aside a hanging man prop, they accidentally knocked off its arm and discovered human bones inside. 
bionic this poor sap wasn't. <laughs> the story gets stranger. The body was actually that of criminal mastermind Elmer McCurdy, who was killed in a shootout after robbing a train in 1911. The princely sum old Elmer got killed for was $46 and two jugs of whiskey. <laughs> so uh, McCurdy was embalmed in the local under... Oh, by the local undertaker, and apparently the guy was so darn pleased with his work that he propped up the corpse in a funeral home as evidence of his skills. People were charged five cents to see the corpse, which they paid by dropping a nickel in the cadaver's mouth. Remember that little bit of history the next time somebody turns their nose up at you for liking Hostel 2. Uh, think it can't get any stranger? Oh, you naive fool. <laughs> after several years of raking in the nickels, how exactly these coins were retrieved after being dropped in the corpse's mouth is something probably best left to the imagination. Our enterprising undertaker scheme was ruined when McCurdy's brothers showed up to claim him. Of course, these guys weren't his brothers at all, but wily carnival promoters. From that point on, McCurdy's mummy went on display in a morbid mystery tour all around America, popping up at carnivals all over the country before finally coming to rest in Long Beach. And there's pictures of it here if you want to see it. Weird. Isn't that fucked up? That's pretty fucked up. I'm just going to turn this sideways. So yeah, what, what do you think of that one? He's now buried in Oklahoma because McCurdy apparently had the most entertaining corpse in history. They prevented anyone else from taking him on tour by dumping concrete on top of the casket. No, really. <laughs> and then there's the link. So crazy. You've heard that one, eh? Yeah, I've heard, I've heard bits and pieces of it. Uh, this one is uh the legend. I'm not even gonna read you this one because it might give it away. But the legend. What was thought to be your typically charming Halloween decoration depicting a lynched woman hanging from a tree turns out to be a genuine suicide. Have you heard that one before? No. That happened here. In Saskatoon. It's happened in Saskatoon. I've heard many I think it happened in Dundonald's. Yeah, I've, I've heard different... Because there's a... Have you heard about the haunted house outside Saskatchewan called, like, Hell's Gates or something? Uh... Oh, that was a big thing in high school. It was, like, like, an old crack house, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it, it was, like, out in the middle of no... Like, it was, in like, in the prairies. Okay. But, like, we drove out there one night, and it's, like... It's... The story is that, like, the guy basically... It's that's the thing. Like that's what makes me skeptical about all these things. It's basically the same story as the Amityville Horror, where the guy goes crazy and he kills his whole family. But <laughs> this is what's different: is he kills his whole family, sets the house on fire, then hangs himself from the front tree, like the tree in the front of the house or whatever. And yeah, that that's the story that I heard from this. Hmm. But yeah. Well, I see. mean, if you can find evidence on the internet or something of it. Yeah, I, I, there, there's different sites that like have all these stories, but you gotta wonder how legit they are. Like. It's not like it's msn.ca or whatever. Yeah, you'd think it would be like yeah, uh, in the newspaper or something yeah. at least, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, in the town of Frederica, or Frederica, I don't know how to fucking pronounce it, in Delaware, a 42-year-old woman, perhaps distraught by the fact that she lived in Delaware, <laughs> hung herself from a tree near a busy road on a Tuesday night. The body managed to hang there until the next day and was viewed by many unwitting or perhaps retarded spectators before somebody realized it wasn't a decoration and finally called the police. Once again, it's the lack of complaints from passerbys that amaze us. Even if hanging 
even if the hanging thing wasn't a body, it was something that looked exactly like one that would be considered an extremely distasteful Halloween decoration, unless she puts on a wacky witch's costume before doing the deed. <laughs> With political correctness these days, you'd have expected two special city um, council meetings and 30 letters to the editor within the first 10 minutes of seeing it. Which is funny because somebody did that with like a legitimate like fake skeleton. Like you can tell it was just a Halloween decoration. Oh, okay. last. So it didn't actually happen here? No, it did here. Like, But it was a real person. I think it was. Really? Uh, in the past. But the one I'm talking about oh, now is somebody uh, hung like a Halloween decoration. And it might have been last year. Or the, yeah. It might have even been like the beginning of this month. But uh, people complained about it to them, and they had to take it down. Like, people, like, cops came, and city council yeah. told them they can't do it. It was like a fake skeleton hanging from a tree. So they put it down. They basically left the noose around its neck and put it on a chair with a sign that said, like, sorry, happy Halloween, like, yeah. some weird thing like that. So Good sports. Definitely. But uh, a Halloween stunt goes wrong in the least surprising way possible. The legend... A teenager manages to provide the Halloween show he's in with the ultimate finale when, while pretending to hang himself in front of the audience, he actually hangs himself. Have you heard that one? No. I fucking... Uh, I'm, like, good friends with uh, the guys in Fall City Fall. Yeah. Like, you know who they are? Yep. Uh, have you seen their, their, like, past music videos for their no. newest ones? No, I haven't. There's, uh, it's really gruesome stuff. They're like, it's a zombie apocalypse, and, like, they all depict themselves, like, uh, either getting killed or, like, killing themselves or whatever. Yeah. And at one point, uh, Nathan Zorn, like, he's no longer in the band, but yeah. he, uh, fake hung himself, and it looks like he legitimately hung himself in the yeah. video. He's hanging from a noose by his neck from the rafters, and he's swinging. And it, just watching that, I was, like, getting chills. It's fucking terrifying seeing yeah. that. So, <clears throat> the truth. While the fine citizens of Frederica we discussed were perhaps a bit slow on the uptake, the people involved in this hanging-related legend are on the dipshit honor roll, <laughs> <laughs> mainly because it's happened more than once. Uh Yes, people have repeatedly tried to pull off an imitation hanging for a Halloween show, forgot to include the imitation part, and went ahead and accidentally killed themselves. Yes, they were pretty much all teenage males. Uh, in one instance, an entire working gallows was built for a show with the victim secured by a harness so that he'd stop just short of actually being hung. Take a wild guess how that turned out. <laughs> now we're just thinking aloud here, but if... We were standing on a gallows, fake or not, with a rope around our necks. We'd want to take a few precautions. For example, and again, just blue skying. Maybe don't use a real rope that is tied <laughs> to a real noose that is wrapped around your real neck in a way that could really kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps the saddest thing about this whole story was how completely unnecessary the whole thing was. Here's a tip for anyone trying to thrill kids on Halloween in the future. You don't need to hang yourself. Just give out full-size chocolate bars instead of those not-so-fun-sized ones. We can guarantee these tykes will be taking or talking about the house that gave out full-size snicker bars for a long time after some life-risking stunt was forgotten. <laughs> Which is fucking true. It's that totally true, man. I remember greatest. fucking houses from when I was like eight years old that gave out the big, the big candy bars. I remember... Uh, this, like, 80-year-old woman, we went to her house, 
She ran out of candy, so she started giving people nickels. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's better than cereal. Definitely. I've been to places where people pour cereal into the bag when I was a kid. That's so... Yeah, oh total bits. They got a fucking house full of eggs, though, so... I remember we went to... Uh, this is, like, my only experience with, like, uh, Halloween mischief, is that... We went to this guy's house, and he was... It was just like in Big Daddy, where the guy's sitting on his fucking couch. He's watching yeah. TV, but he has his lights shut off. He's not answering the door. So, we're just like, come on. Like, you're going to be that kind of asshole. Yeah. So, we decided to egg this guy's house. So, we go to my house... And uh, we didn't have any eggs, <laughs> so uh, we substituted with cheese slices. Oh, so fuck. we took cheese slices, and we ended up slapping them on the window of his house. That's such. That's way more of a big fuck you. <laughs> so yeah. we don't have eggs, but you're not getting off that. <laughs> exactly. You pissed us off this much that we're wasting perfectly good processed dairy product. No, you know, those would be for grilled cheeses. Yeah. Delicious ones. I totally just lost my spot. <laughs> uh, so the next one is about uh, being buried alive. So how do you feel about uh, <laughs> the concept of that most terrifying way? No, it sounds pretty legit. I don't know. I think it'd be kind of fun. Okay, so some, some poor schmuck is committed to his or her eternal resting place, even though they aren't quite ready to take their final dirt nap. Scratch marks are later found on the coffin lid, along with other desperate signs of escape. The truth. This has not only happened, but back in the day it happened with alarming regularity. In the late 19th century, William Tebb tried to compile all the instances of premature burial from medical sources of the day. He managed to collect 219 cases of near-premature burial, 149 cases of actual premature burial, and a dozen cases where dissection or embalming had begun on a not-yet-deceased body. Now, this may seem ridiculous, but keep in mind this was an era before doctors such as the esteemed Dr. Gregory House gained the ability to solve any ailment within 42 minutes. <laughs> uh, if you went to the doctor with the flu in, the, in those days, he'd likely cover you in leeches and prescribe you heroin to suppress your cough. <laughs> Their only method for determining if a person had died was to lean over your face and scream, wake up, over and over again. If you didn't react, they buried you. The concern over being buried alive back then was so real that they must have hot ticket item for wealthy and paranoid were safety coffins that allowed those inside to signal the outside world, usually ringing a bell or raising some type of flag should they awake six feet under. Uh, though answering that bell sounds like a good way to get ambushed by a zombie if you ask us. <laughs> That's where Saved by the Bell came from. If, yeah. if you didn't know that, I mean... Come on, get with the fucking program. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, safety coffins aren't in vogue anymore. So if you're at the cemetery and hear a muffled voice calling out, Okay, guys, joke's over. Let me out. It might be a good idea to inform someone with a shovel quickly. That'd be uh, the worst. <laughs> Have you seen Buried? Uh, is that the Ryan Reynolds one? Yeah. I really like that movie. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's super good. He's so good in that movie. Yeah, I love the ending. Um, we are at, let's see, 149. Do you want me to read a couple more real ones, or do you want to take the quiz, or? It's up to you, man. I'm down to take the quiz whenever. Maybe I'll read a couple more off another yeah. list. Read, like, two more. Yeah, a couple more time. So this one is 
some of them from uh, another six urban legends that happen to be true on the same website, crack.com. Um, oh, I see a picture of Danny Glover, so I know this is the list I should have picked in the first place. <laughs> uh, Danny Glover from Saw, by the looks of it. Lethal weapon. So, all those convoluted puzzles and traps the Jigsaw Killer uses, they're all just ridiculous, right? Who would go through with all that trouble? Let's see. Uh, picture of Danny Glover now. <laughs> so then you run into somebody on the internet who heard about a real guy who showed up at a bank and he said he had an explosive collar around his neck that would deposit his brains all over the walls unless he robbed the bank on behalf of a criminal mastermind. I've heard that. I've heard about that. <laughs> the truth? On a day like any other in late August... 2003, pizza delivery man, Brian Wells. Oh, this is that yeah, fucking... fucking... 30 minutes or less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, that's right. Yeah, because that's totally like based, loosely based. Hey, on a true story. Brian, well, obviously. <laughs> Brian Wells was about to end his shift when a fateful order came in. The directions given to Brian led him to a winding, deserted dirt road that ended at a lonely TV tower. Now, most people upon arriving at the spooky, deserted road would have just tossed the pizzas in the ditch. But not Brian Wells. He was uh, dedicated to his minimum wage delivery <laughs> job. <laughs> what exactly happened on that dirt road is still subje subject subjects to debate. <laughs> but what we do know is that around an hour later, he appeared reappeared at the aforementioned bank with the collar contraption around his neck, a homemade shotgun shaped like a walking cane in his hand, and a note demanding a quarter million dollars in cash. Unfortunately for Brian, he was about as good at robbing banks as he was avoiding oblivious horror movie setups <laughs> and was apprehended by the police in the parking lot. The cops quickly discovered the collar, but just took it for a stylish, ticking fashion accessory and didn't bother to call the bomb squad for nearly half an hour. By the time the bomb squad did arrive, the collar had gone off, blowing a postcard-sized hole in Wells' chest. No way. That's real? Yeah. Bullshit. That's what it says. Holy fuck. That would have been a way better horror movie. <laughs> There's a picture of Flavor Flav <laughs> <laughs> with a clock around his chest. That's legit. So Col Jesse Eisenberg could have been taken care of before <laughs> Man of Steel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the police found a list of tasks on Wells' body, each of which were to be completed in a set period of time or the bomb would go off. Poor Brian was doomed from the start, though, as it was later determined that it would have been impossible for him to execute all the tasks, even if everything had gone according to plan. He simply hadn't been given enough time. While supposedly all those responsibly for, responsible for putting collar on Brian Wells have been caught and charged, and the addition of the weird, wacky, walking cane shotgun led us to believe that there have, may have been another perpetuator that hasn't been caught yet. That's that's fucking crazy, man. Uh, Does it, so, so Danny Glover did that? No, that's <laughs> <laughs> no. Danny Glover had the shotgun and saw. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, that's a lethal weapon. Ah! No, that's that was from Saw. But, I know. Yeah, but... Lethal Weapon's a fucking amazing yeah, movie. Yeah, but that was a joke. Was... I got it. <laughs> He's getting too old for that shit. Man. Yeah, oh, so am I. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Frozen computer. Um, 
Did you want to plug anything before we did this uh, trivia quiz? Uh, no. I, well, I haven't really had time to blog lately, so. But it's uncoolmatch.blogspot.ca. I'll probably get back to it within the next few weeks here. I've just been super busy. And yeah, like what I was saying last time, we're working on that website with some friends. Like I'm working on a website with a friend. Uh, it's going to be all 80s nostalgia stuff, stuff that we grew up with. He's going to have shirts, prints, and everything. It's going to be known as happybrawl.com. And yeah, really, really looking forward to writing for that. And that's about it. Awesome. Um, what's your Instagram? MitchOliver14. And Twitter is the same thing. And uh, any of you guys listening, make sure to uh, pass along the three rules for uh, yeah. the soul game. Otherwise, stop sending me that shit. You know. <laughs> but th- thank you. Keep continue to send that stuff to Mitch and not uh, to Kenny, my not my, my email. <laughs> yeah. uh, this last one sounds fucking terrifying just by looking at it, so I'm going to read this one as the last one. Cool. And then you're doing the quiz? Yep. Word. This one's called The Deadly Elevator. The legend, the metal door clamps down on a hapless victim who can do nothing but scream in terror as the elevator dings and begins to rise, shearing off their head or limbs as it does. It's a scene that turned up in several cheesy horror movies, including one movie based entirely around a murderous elevator. But surely this kind of thing doesn't happen in real life. There are safety measures, right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's actually what it says. <laughs> I scared you there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just had a bad experience. I got stuck in an elevator when I was working the Katy Perry concert. Are you serious? Yeah, well, like, they, there was someone was stuck in it before, and the guy who was, like, I was working security, and he told me, he was just like, hey, can you, like, just take over my spot so I can buy a shirt for my kid? It's like, shirt. And I went into it, and it was like, of course, I was stuck in it. But I was only in it for, like, five minutes, so it wasn't that bad, but still. Still sucks. Yeah. So, So, uh, there are safety measures, but for whatever reason, they were of no help to Dr. Hitoshi Nikaido. Hitoshi Nikaido. On August 16th, 2003. Why didn't the elevator open again or shut down when the doctor became pinned between the doors at the shoulders as he was getting on? To this day, nobody's exactly sure, but inspectors have suggested the tragedy may have been caused by a single out-of-place wire. (laughs) How much damage can one skewed wire cause? Well, as the doors held, Dr. Nikaido (laughs) in place like a vice, the (laughs) elevator began its ascent. It sliced his head in two at the mouth level, leaving only his left ear and lower jaw attached to his body. Found at the little <laughs> nauseating to read? Well, suck it up and try to imagine that what it was like for the other person in the elevator with him. <laughs> Holy fuck! <laughs> she was a nurse who then had to spend up to an hour in a blood-soaked box with the good doctor's head. We're surprised they didn't find her scaling the elevator cables like John McClane just to get the hell out of there. Yippee-ki-yay. <laughs> of course. <laughs> We're just being alarmist when we act like a single wire could do some dislodged... Something dis... Oh. One sec, let me re- reread yeah. that. Of course, we're just being alarmist when we act like a single wire could come dislodged at any time and kill your ass. Oh, wait. Actually, around 30 people are killed by elevators each year. I believe it. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> you what? That'd be the worst shit ever. First order business got to establish a pee corner. <laughs> yeah, that would be terrible. Yeah, imagine just, that'd be the worst person not being able to go to the washroom. Well, you would. Think. And I think that yeah, maybe yeah, it'd be even more like more terrifying if you were in complete darkness. Oh yeah, yeah. But imagine being in complete darkness trying to piss. <laughs> not hit the other person in the fucking I have a tough time doing that when I wake up in the morning so. yeah <laughs> um fuck I can only imagine like being stuck in an elevator but like hearing the cables above you snapping yeah. no, that's like that's another true. big fucking fear of mine yeah no like I'm claustrophobic so that crosses my mind anytime I step in with something like that <laughs> alright so these are just a variety of questions for a random set of horror films so it's uh on funtrivia.com, it's called A Horror Bowl Mixture. Oh, boy. Part three. <laughs> so there's been two parts before this, and I picked the third one because it was the first one I clicked, so... <laughs> okay, so you don't know any of them yet? I don't. Okay. I don't, by any means, claim to think that I know everything. But I'm like, I can almost guarantee that some of these are obscure. I live my fuck, life at so... about a 50%, so I'll be happy with a 50%. If, if best case scenario... <laughs> We uh, hear of some new horror movies that we can check out. Hell worst, yeah. worst case scenario, uh, there isn't one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, question number one. Shoot. Rocker Meatloaf and Minnie Driver star in the 2014 horror slasher slash musical slasher slash <laughs> about a group of kids at a camp for musical theater who become victims of a mass killer. What is the name of this film? 2014? Yes. Oh my god, I just heard about the seven. Of course I haven't seen it. <laughs> it's not bad out of hell. <laughs> no, uh, uh, the names are, the choices are okay. Camp Slaughter, Camp Utopia, Stage Fright, Summer Camp Nightmare. Stage Fright. Stage Fright. Is that correct? And... Correct. Stage fright. Boom. Someone with a grudge and who remake. hates musical theater is out for revenge for a past tragedy in this horror musical. Yeah. Written and directed by Jerome Sable, this horror flick mixes the old slasher film formula with singing and dancing. Yeah. While it is a bit quirky at times, it's an interesting watch, and if you're a fan of different types of horror films... Yeah, I wanted to watch the original, yeah. Yeah, I still haven't seen the original, but I know that that's what it is, yeah. It has meatloaf, so I yeah. mean, how the fuck can you... It's gonna be perfect, yeah. Meatloaf's only done good movies. Fight Club, Tenacious D. <laughs> <laughs> Fight Club? Yeah, he's in Fight Club. He's the guy with the boobs. Have you seen Fight Club? I have, but I no, don't yeah, remember. He's, he's the, like, the one where uh, Edward Norton, the narrator, is like in, uh, like, he's in, like, AA meetings and everything, and there's the dude with the big boobs. Oh, That's shit! Me I didn't even put that suit. together. Yeah. That's fucking yeah. hilarious. Meatloaf in a fat suit. Fancy that. Uh, okay, so question number two. In this 2012 Canadian horror film, a female medical student turns to the dark side after a tragedy befalls her. She quits medical school and finds clients who allow her to do extreme body modification surgeries on them. What is the name of this shocking horror gem? Is that American Mary? That is one of the answers. Do you want me to click it? Yeah. That is correct. Did oh yeah, give me the fucking multiple choice before I do this. <laughs> Catherine Isabel stars in this film as a woman scorned and out to make money however she can pay her debts. She's invited to a party where there are other surgeons from the hospital she works at. And while there, she, well, while there, she winds up being drugged and taken advantage of by several of the other doctors. 
I'm an I've, all star. I've always said doctors are fucking scumbags. Yeah. <laughs> she, then, she then decides to quit school and start a business catering to an underground clientele of people who ask her to do very extreme and unethical surgeries on them to alter their bodies. Yeah. As time goes on, Mary turns hard. Yeah. <laughs> and things take a turn for the worse. Mary turns hard. That's a fucking weird phrase. Yeah. Uh, okay. Question number three. What is the name of the killer in the Joyride film franchise? Rusty Nail, John Ryder, Harry Warden, or Jerry Dandridge? First of all, give me a shot at taking a taking a whack at them before the multiple choice come up. I will appreciate the multiple choice. Oh, really? Right, yeah. Rusty Nail. Rusty Nail? That is correct. Yeah. I, from now on, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> Uh, the film Joyride came out in 2001 and stars Paul, Walker, Paul Walker and Steve Zahn and Lily Sobieski. Sobieski. Who cares? She dies. <laughs> in 2008, Joyride 2 Dead Ahead was released. Then 2014 saw the third installment, which is subtitled Roadkill. All three films are about a killer truck driver named Rusty Nail who chases and torments victims on the road before finally murdering them. Ken Kersinger, who also stars in Freddy vs. Jason 2003 and Wrong Turn 2 Dead End, which is a super fucked up movie. I haven't seen it, but I want to. Like, cause oh. I've, heard, I've heard it's better than the first one. I, I like the first one. Plays the roles first of one's got Quinn from Dexter. So, Wrong Turn 2, yeah. I had to do, um, for psychology, I had to do a study on violence in media. Yeah. Wrong Turn 2 was the most prominent movie I could find at the yeah. time. And it's within the first three minutes of the movie, something happens where you're either like, depending on who you are, you're either about to vomit or you're like standing up and like cheering, like, yeah. holy fuck, that yeah. just happened. Like, fuck yeah. That's like how I was. And yeah. people in my class were just like, I, our presentation, it was a PowerPoint presentation yeah. with video. And we had to shut it down halfway through because girls in our class were throwing up Probably in garbage fun. baskets. Yeah, I, I I rarely watch the like straight to DVD sequels, but I've heard like I was just listening to a podcast today where they're talking about like sequels that are better than the originals. Apparently, Wrong Turn Two is better than the original. It's it's got Henry Rollins in it. Oh fuck yeah! You <laughs> have to watch it. It's fuck yeah. it's fucking it's entertaining as fuck. Yeah, I'm especially if you it. like like The Hills Have Eyes. It's kind well, of along, yeah, along the lines it, of yeah. that. So great, great movie. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, question number four. What is the subtitle to the 2014 film Cabin Fever 3? Patient Zero. Do you want me to click that one? Yeah. Correct. Fuck yeah! Cabin Fever Patient Zero is the third film in the franchise. This one gives us a small group of friends who go to an island to celebrate at a private bachelor party. The water where they go swimming is contaminated, so if you have seen any of the other Cabin Fever films, I'm sure you can figure out what happens next. <laughs> Sean Astin stars. Yeah, you're doing, man, you're doing the fucking hardest one, but I'm all for it. Because <laughs> I haven't, I haven't seen, like, any, like, I still haven't seen Cabin Fever, the new one, but I also fucking hate Eli Roth, so. Well, these are also bringing these up for you, right? Yeah. So, like, they're yeah. ones that are fresh in your mind. Yeah. Uh, this one, uh, this one's fucking... Let's do it. I, I know the answer to this one. But, sure. uh, a 1973 film directed by George A. Romero spawned a remake that stars Timothy Oliphant. What is the name of that? The Crazies. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Crazies. 
Oliphant plays the role of David, who is the town sheriff in the 2010 remake of the 1973 cult classic. A virus outbreak causes the town to be under quarantine, while the residents become permanently insane and go on murderous rampages. There are several differences in the plot of the two films. Radha Mitchell... Radha? Radha? Mitchell stars in the 2010 remake as Oliphant's wife, Judy. So... I dug that movie. A lot of people didn't like the remake, but I thought that was a decent remake. I don't remember if I want... Um, is there like a... Does he end up burning something? Yeah, there's lots of that in that. I think I briefly watched it yeah, then. That one, yeah. It's pretty deadly. I don't know. I don't mind it. Uh, okay, question number six. There's ten questions, so... We're over the hump, and you have all of them right so far, so the pressure's <laughs> on. Which of these... 50%. That's all I wanted. <laughs> Which of these early 80s slasher film stars, uh, John Frederick, Daryl Hannah, Rachel Ward, Adrian Zemed, Mark Metcalf, and Joe Pant Pantoliano? Which of, oh, which of these 80s... Wait, which of these early 80s slasher flicks stars them? Uh, do you recognize any of those names? I don't. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, uh, the choices are The Final Terror, Night School, Final Exam, and The Burning. So the names again are John it, Frederick. Those are all fucking B-movies, and I, I, I enjoy them, but like, I don't know their fucking names. <laughs> I'm going to take a whack and say Final Exam. Final Exam. You've seen all those? Yeah. Uh, the Final Terror. Final Terror, yeah, fuck it. Oh. Is a 1983 slasher film. Very early in their careers, this star-studded cast of actors play a group of friends, which is funny, they're star-studded, but I've yeah. never heard of them. No. Yeah. <laughs> Who go camping at the very same forest where a young couple was killed prior to the group's arrival. Something deadly does not want anyone roaming around the forest area, and unfortunately, the campers wind up paying for the price. Yeah. So, burning's a good one. I knew it wasn't the burning, so that's the one that's most fresh. But seven out of ten, question. <sighs> so let's let's hear. It. Uh, one of these films has a ruthless Australian t killer named Mick Taylor. Which one? Uh, Wolf Creek. That is one of the choices. One of the other ones is the Snowtown Murders. That's yeah, <laughs> Wolf Creek. Uh, okay. Snowtown Murders is fucking what? Awesome. Wolf, good. Wolf Creek 2005 and Wolf Creek 2 yeah. 2013 both star John Jarrett, Mick who Taylor. plays the role of an insane, brutal killer named Mick Taylor. Mick enjoys hunting people down in the Australian outback to torture and murder them. While both of these films are far from being called dull, they are most definitely not for the squeamish. The killings are very violent, so much in fact that the first film screenings caused many people to walk out of the theater before the film was over. It's pretty hardcore shit. Speaking of which, I watched the remake of Evil Dead with my girlfriend. Yeah. Do you dig it? I was like, I never get squeamish over yeah. anything. Oh, yeah. So that's... watching, like, the girl, like, rip her arm off yeah. and stuff, I was like, oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. The only part that made me cringe is any time there was a box cutter being used. Yeah. And I have yeah. no idea why the box cutter is different from a fucking turkey cutter. Yeah. But yeah. I was like... Man, that was what they used to like show in the trailer. Oh. They showed that in the trailer. I, just, like, the red fun. band one. Yeah, my yeah. my girlfriend was laughing at me because yeah. I'm usually the one like consoling her, and she's yeah. usually. I was literally like covering my fucking face and like yeah. See, cringing. I'm the, I'm, I'm the rare case. Like I, I Evil Dead Two is in my top three favorite horror movies of all time, and like pretty much everyone I've ever heard who loves that movie as much as I do hates the remake. And, oh really? Yeah, I I liked it 
Cause I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, if when you watch Evil Dead 2, it won't feel like Evil Dead 2, and to me, that's a good thing. I don't want someone to remake that movie. That's good. Yeah, I dug that movie. Okay, uh, question number eight. Written and directed by Joe Bagos, this 2013 IFC Midnight film is about a lumberjack named Mark who gets abducted into the sky by a bright light. He finally returns after two years, but he is different. The townspeople are in for a lot of trouble because Mark has come back a violent killer. What is the name of this small-budget sci-fi horror film? Yeah, give me the multiple choice on this one. Uh, Almost Human, Darkening Sky, Face in the Sky, and Without Warning. Almost Human. You're right. Yeah, it's not without, without warning's classic 80s. Mark's best friend Seth knows something bad is about to happen and contacts Mark's girlfriend Jen, who has moved on to a new relationship since Mark's disappearance. When Mark arrives and meets up with Jen, he wants her to become just like him and will stop at nothing to get his way. This film has a bit of an invasion of the body snatchers flavor to it, as well as an homage to the 80s slasher era. Yeah. Have you seen it before? I haven't seen it, but I've heard about it. Like, that's, that's right. Like, I, I intend on watching it, but. <clears throat> it's just finding time, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Question number nine. So I've only got one wrong so far? Uh, you have seven correct out of nine. Which other one do I have? I'll, I'll tell you at the end because it gives okay. you like a review. Uh, Blood Song is Blood Song is a 1982 horror film. Have you seen it? No. Uh, about a man who stalks a disabled young woman after he escapes from a mental hospital. Who plays the role of the killer? Lance Henriksen, Joe Spinell, George Kennedy, or Frankie Avalon? It's not Lance Henriksen, so... George Kennedy. It was Frankie Avalon. Yes, yeah, I didn't know any of those ones. The young I just girl knew it wasn't Lance. The young girl Marion is played by Donna Wilkies. She keeps having visions of murders committed by a man named Paul Foley, played by Avalon. Marion and Foley share blood through a transfusion earlier on, which somehow is the cause of the connection between them. Foley carries a special flute with him that he's had since he was a child, and he plays it at times throughout the film, hence the movie's title. Frankie Avalon is most well known for his roles as Annetto Funicello in the famous Beach Party movies, as well as the film Grease. Yeah. So. Cool with not knowing that one. <laughs> <laughs> what is the subtitle to the 1998 film The Dentist 2? So, uh, multiple choice. Uh, number one, Brace Yourself. Two, say ah. Uh. Three, the drill is back. Or four, open wide. Four, open wide. The dentist two, open wide. Survey says. Incorrect. Fuck. Brace yourself. Yeah, brace yourself. Yeah. The Dentist 2 Brace Yourself is the 1998 sequel to the 1996 horror film The Dentist. Both of them star Corbin Bernson in the title role as a demented dentist who goes nuts and decides to go on a killing spree after finding his wife cheating on him. Horseshit. Much like Tim Robbins in Nothing to Lose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in this sequel, he continues his reign of terror after escaping from a mental institution. Brian Usna is the director of both films. The subtitle Brace Yourself is an obvious pun towards teeth braces. Yep. The poster art for the film shows a victim with an open mouth full of what appears to be shards of glass where teeth should be. Three. 
Let's so, let's see which ones you got wrong. <clears throat> um, number six, which of these early '80s slasher film stars? Uh, number nine, Blood Song one, uh, and the last one. So, I'm okay with being wrong. With seven those out things. of ten, seventy yeah. percent. Which, as Connor would say, that's my life score. Yeah, mine is fifty. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing above average. So, yeah, yeah, that's uh, we're doing pretty good time on this one. What uh, time is it? We are at uh, two hours and fourteen minutes. Ooh. So it's pretty good. It's a long one. So I'm gonna try and edit this one and put it up. Uh, Probably Thursday evening, so it should be up Friday morning in time for people to listen to this on Hallow's Eve. So is there anything you want to say to the people? Is there anything you want to plug? Is there any sort of warnings you want to give to people? Yeah, no, nothing, nothing really. Just what I've said already. It's... I'll say make sure to check your candy. Yeah, that's true. Um, Check your bag. If you're giving out candy, make sure to put razor blades in your candy. Yeah. Make sure to take the body out of your mattress first. Rat poison never hurt anybody. Oh, um, yeah. If you're looking for some uh, some music to listen to on Halloween, have you heard of Dead Man's Bones? Is that a band? Yeah. Is that uh, Ryan Gosling's yeah. band? Yeah. I've heard of them. Deadly. Uh, I love that band. <clears throat> I listen to every I've Halloween. never actually like really like listened to them, though. I've heard like a song or two, but... Just throw a song in at the end of this. Ah, uh, fuck. I want to, Price but I don't want to risk the whole fucking oh, rights yeah. thing, so... Yeah, well, yeah, Rapture's gonna be getting to you about suing you on that last one. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, man? <laughs> I have written consent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, that was the Horror Halloween Podcast 2014, I guess, part two, with Uncool Mitch, so... Yeah. <laughs> uh, check out the Bad Sons Podcast on, uh, at Bad Sons Podcast on Instagram. Uh, Mitch is at MitchOliver14 on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, and, uh, go spook yourself, everybody. <laughs>